Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 166 and the very beginning of season nine. Um, I just want to kind of acknowledge that. And I'd also like to just acknowledge that we are at the beginning of 2023, which I think means that this is, you know, the beginning of the, the fourth year, the fifth year doing Artifice. Um, and gosh, like I've been thinking all week, just preparing to edit this episode about what I want to say and what will kind of feel right at the beginning of this season. And the more that I think about it, the more that I know that the the truth is that 2023 was such a difficult year. Um, maybe for everybody, for me, I know that the reason it was tricky is because it started off with a knee surgery that like wrecked me. Um, and then I spent six months in physical therapy, then went straight into, you know, a very busy kind of wedding season summer. Um, I've had some really intense family shit that's happened in 2023 and then some kind of intense, like emotional, uh, work things that happened in the fall. Um, and I'm feeling like just sort of pummeled by 2023, um, and also feeling so curious and like if i'm if i'm being honest like a genuine a genuine um god i don't even know what the word is but but something a little oh not quite sure um about what it's going to be like listening back to these interviews which i conducted starting in july or or maybe august of 2023 um, just knowing where I was at, you know, then, um, and we're kind of, we're, we're, um, I'm, I'll give these interviews to you to hear now. Um, and I just, I think I just want to say up front at the beginning of the season that, you know, as each week I kind of listen to and edit a new episode, um, that they're happening at a time that, um, I don't really remember these individual conversations very much, but I do know that it was like a, a tricky time for me as a person. And and the reason that I kind of want to say this, it's, it's not um, to be like a bummer, um, but just to say that th the longer that I do this podcast, the more that I realize how much it's a collaboration between two artists on any given day. Um, and I'm becoming more and more aware all the time that the interview, the conversation you know, it's, it's me on like the very particular day with, you know, all of the, you know, optimism that I often have and the curiosity that I often have. Um, and also probably anxiety and stress and worry and these kind of other things. And then, you know, the guest, like these beautiful people who trust me enough to kind of join me for these conversations that can be vulnerable, that can go in places that maybe neither of us uh, was expecting. Um, and I'm so grateful. I say it all the time, but I, I want to kind of frame it in this, this new way. I'm so deeply grateful for every individual who um, who chooses to to engage in these conversations with me and who brings, you know, whatever energy they have a, on a particular day. Um, I know everybody's lives are like as full and complex as mine. Um, and I'm, I'm learning more and more all the time to really be present. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting better at it. I'm learning new things. Um, 
And yeah, I think I just want to say kind of um, the real time me that is that is recording this intro, you know, a couple of days before um, you'll hear this, that that's kind of what's going on, you know, behind the scenes for me. And um, and in, you know, being that the the whole prompt of this podcast is like, hey, let's talk about what's going on behind. Like, let's talk about, you know, what's behind that that front um uh, forward facing exterior. And for me, I, I suspect that this season, um, which will be rolling out between now and May, um, but where the episodes were recorded between, um, like August and December of 2023. Um, I want to kind of just let you in on like that part of like that component of kind of what's happening. Um, and, you know, I think I encourage myself and you, whoever you are listening to listen to these episodes with that in mind, kind of having this, this prompt in mind of like, who are we, you know, now, who were we six months ago? It just, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly like, um, what it all means, but I, I do want to kind of tell you that that's something that I've been thinking about in a new way throughout 2023. And now we're, um, we're in 2024, but, but these episodes were, you know, back in last year. And I, I just think there's something interesting and valuable, um, there that I'm going to be listening for. And, um, Maybe that will be interesting for you too. Um, so today's guest specifically is Jess Davies, who owns Passion Flower Patisserie um, in Salt Lake City. Jess um, was so wonderful. She came to kind of she came to visit me, and she was she she came for the interview and was just extremely pregnant. And now she has a baby again, just how quickly things change. Um, but I loved our conversation and I, I loved kind of where it started and where it ended up. Um, and, uh, since interviewing Jess, I have been, um, to the shop and, oh my gosh, just am, am in love. I need to go back and get some more pastries to bring home. Um, but so beautiful. I had like just a lovely, uh, breakfast there with, um, Kat Nix, who I, I met and interviewed, um, a couple of seasons ago and, um, who is my friend. And it's just, I don't know. I think what I'm saying is, um, yeah, it's real life for me. kind of these, these, um, these conversations, these friendships, the, this art, um, kind of it, it seeps into my life in a way that's so precious to me. And I, I really am, I'm so grateful. Um, so yeah, we're we're uh, we're kicking off the season with two Utah-based artists having a conversation, um, mostly about Jess's incredible journey, and she is really such an impressive person. I'm excited for you guys to listen and kind of hear her talk more about all the incredible things that she's done and her her um, determination and um, stamina and just wow, it's really impressive and amazing. Okay, here's um, here's Jess's bio. Jess's culinary passion started at a young age. Growing up, she would help her mother make wedding cakes in her spare time and make caramels, brownies, and more with her dad. She developed a love for pastries, the balancing of flavors, the chemistry behind it, the look, the flavor combinations, and of course, the taste. 
Jess was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. Since graduating high school, she attended the French Pastry School in Chicago, Illinois, where she studied under world-renowned French chefs. Uh, They learned all aspects of the pastry world, tarts, ice cream, sorbets, breakfast pastries, breads, petite fours. (laughs) I don't know if I'm... Petit fours? I don't know. I don't watch enough baking show. I should know. Um, Sugar and chocolate candies, chocolate and sugar sculpting, cakes, and more. Jess's passion for veganism developed shortly after graduating from um, this prestigious school. She started converting, switching recipes, and through a lot of trial and error, um, finished perfecting these traditional French French pastries to become deliciously vegan without jeopardizing the taste and quality. I can personally attest that the quality is not diminished. Her pastries are incredible. Having a relationship with food is an important part in Jess's development of recipes, She wants each thing you taste to balance out the next and to complement one another on your palate perfectly. In 2011, Jess moved to Hawaii. There she received a job at a high-end cake shop as a wedding and specialty cake decorator. She was able to learn traditional and new methods of decorating and has now applied these as well to her products. And I just want to say, it's not here in the bio, but Jess is 32 years old, as we'll talk about in in, in the interview, but I want to just say it now. And her pastry shop has been going strong for eight years. Do the math. Just think about that. Think about this incredible young woman starting these, starting this business at age 24. Um, is that math right? Maybe I need, yeah, that's right. (laughs) At age 24 and taking us to now, um, it's such a powerful and incredible story, um, in so many ways. And I'm, I'm happy and excited to bring you this conversation as the first installation in this new season. Thank you for listening. Here comes Jess Davies. Enjoy. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Well, I always like to start with the childhood. And what I'm curious about is like how your creativity developed, like how it manifested. So what were you, what was like kind of the earliest evidence that you were a creative child? Um, so my dad used to, during Christmas time, he would make fudge and caramels and things like that. Cause I own a bakery and yeah. cafe now. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of would always do that with him during like holiday season. Yeah. And then my mom, she was a career mom, but for like a side hobby, she would do like wedding cakes for friends. Oh, both bakers. Like so just bakers. Both I got parents. to like do that with her a little bit. Where did you grow up? Uh, Salt Lake. Okay. Like, you're, you're from here. Yeah. Like okay. a suburb of Taylorsville. Okay, but, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And so it, both of your dad wasn't like, did your dad, did either of your parents have like art training of any kind uh, or more like just kind of hobby? You know, it's funny because my dad, he worked for the post office for like 20 something years and my mom worked for an executive banking for like a bank. So cool. th- I wouldn't say that necessarily their careers were creativity driven, but like my mom is a very creative person. Creative She's people. very good at... Well, this is why I ask the question this way rather than like what art stuff were you doing as a kid, but like what 
creativity, like what, what was the evidence that you were creative? And some of my guests will say like, oh, I was digging holes in the backyard, you know, like I'm really interested in like all of the manifestations of creativity, not just kind of the ones that like. That stemmed into my career. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So was there anything else going on? Um, I definitely, my dad, so he went to school for architecture before my mom got pregnant. So that's why he kind of had to work full time. Sure. Um, but so he would always be building things. So I'd always help him with like building things. I helped him like, like you're saying digging. We got, they bought a new house when I was little. So I would help him like fix the backyard, dig like things like that. Um, how old were you? Uh, I think I was like four. I don't remember it, but I've I've seen videos. It's you've been told. (laughs) I love these things. Well, sometimes I'll even say like, what do the adults like in your life tell you you were like as a little kid? I used to, my dad told me that I used to do what he did when he was little, where I would like take apart my like electronic toys and put them back (gasps) together. Oh my gosh. So I would always do that growing up, which is kind of funny. I Um, love that. I don't have any of that. Like I always tell people I'm very bad at some things and the things are like, I have terrible hand-eye coordination and just, (laughs) I'm just not coordinated. Like in general, I have no mechanical intuition whatsoever, like zero, none, but that's cool. Like just right at the beginning, you were like, you just were interested in like how things, does that feel similar to like baking? Um, Does it feel like the same part of your brain? I mean, I would say yes, especially when I, cause I, so we do French pastry, um, which I love cause I'm very like, I love the detail orientedness of it. Well, it is like a machine kind of. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think like my true passion lies within like decorating cakes. So like when I'm doing like carved cakes, it never looks like it's supposed to. So, I mean, I guess, yes, you could look at it in that sense where I'm having to put together components of a cake to make it look like something, but like the in-between stage looks very odd. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah. I've been on this kind of kick lately where I've, you know, just again, because I'm, I've been doing this podcast for like four years now. I'm this, this, your, your episode will be like the beginning of season nine. Um, and I think like, just after asking so many artists, like these questions, it's kind of made me like have a weird, like I'm deconstructing, like my ideas about art just because of the way that like other artists tell me about their lives. And increasingly I feel like we just have these kind of like bespoke like skill sets and interests, each of us. And we like find the medium that like works. So right. it seems like, I mean, I like the idea that like, there's something like, there's something mechanical. There's something like, you know, parts working toward a whole. And then I'm curious about this other thing. That's like the decorating. So like as a child, what, what were you interested in visually? Like just what was capturing your imagination? Um, well, as you can probably tell by looking at me now, I used to love to like draw on myself and other people as well. So I feel like those kind of things I've always loved, like I'm obsessed with like flowers, like how they're constructed. It's funny because I like now today, like I can make like gum paste flowers Yeah, and it's kind of cool growing up. I would always like dry flowers, press flowers. I would always do things like that. Um, my mom would help me with that. How did you get (laughs) the idea to do that? Or like, um, was it the kind of thing that you saw like modeled by your mom first or were you just like, I have to preserve this flower? I think I just always liked flowers. So I think my mom kind of just helped me like keep them around because I'd always be like picking flowers and yeah. doing things. So I think she just kind of always helped me with that. I so. love that. But it was kind of your idea. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, but she like, yeah, helped me. Are definitely. You, are you the oldest? Uh, no, I'm the, I'm the youngest. I have one sister and she's nine years older than me. Okay. Wow. So like a yeah. big, so a big kind span. of, yeah, the kind only of, child. Kind of an only in your, <laughs> in your little realm. Yeah. Cool. And was, was your sister like involved, like in your creativity? Like, 
you know, being I, that much older. You know, she's very creative herself. She's a fashion designer, so she Sweet. does, like, evening gown wear. Wow. Um, so definitely I would say, like, I would see her being creative. I don't – it's, like, hard to say because, like, by the time I was, like, old enough to start doing things, she was, like, she away was in college. Um, but I have a sister who's 13 years younger than me, so I, I get that. Like, yeah. she – I grew up in Arizona and I moved out when my, I moved out of state when my sister was four and she, um, my family's LDS, but my sister just got, she got home from a mission like a year ago and moved to Utah to go to like UVU and we're just like getting to know each other as adults. It's weird. It's funny how the age gap works. Yes. (laughs) Well, I think that's why I'm curious about it. Cause it's like, I don't know, siblings. It's like, I feel like we talk a lot about parents and we forget we forget sometimes to talk about how much siblings can be like a part of your identity when you're a kid, even if that sibling is older. I mean, I think maybe especially like, because if she was nine, then you would have lived together for what, like nine years or something like that? Yeah, I think that like by the time I was, she was always very sweet with me when her friends run around. Of course, the sure. teenage years. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Fair. But like, so I mean, like we, I'd spend a lot of time with my sister. Um, but like I said, like when I was, you know, younger, like six, wanting to hang out there, she was in high school and she sure. wanted like nothing to like do with baby. me. You were like yeah. a little <laughs> tiny kid. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, what was it like, like with your parents kind of parenting these two like creative girls? Like, were they, I mean, how did they like talk about it with you? How were they like encouraging it? Or like, what was the kind of environment like? Um, I think that my parents were always very helpful in the sense, like they helped me when I kind of started taking interest in the culinary world, they would put me in like, sorry. It's really dry. Sorry. I'm a singer and like, so I'm really like aware. Yeah. And uh, it is so dry. Especially coming back from the Cancun humidity. Yeah, you were in the the jungle and then you're like... I know. It's, it's really dry and bit. it's polluted. Like the, the smoke. Yeah. We don't stand a chance. I know. Yeah. Um, but they would just put me in like classes. Like As things. a little kid. Like yeah. how old? Yeah. Uh, I think the first one I remember taking would probably be, it was just like intro to like cutting and things yeah. like how to cut, like, you know, using Veggies. knives yeah. and stuff. Um, I think probably around like 10 or 11. And That's then when I was in amazing. high school, I got to do an off Court, like off-campus course cool um on b days where i got to go travel to like a campus that our district built for like you know you could learn more about like, like dental trade, trade training stuff. or yeah. things like that yeah cool. so i got to do that and that's kind of where i honed in like what kind of culinary field i wanted to go into tell me i need to know more so like you're 10 you're like i'm interested in the culinary arts what is that like like what is it how do we get to a point where like a 10 year old is like I'm interested in the culinary arts. Like, how did it grow? I think, you know, from probably stem from like helping my dad a lot. My dad was the one that would cook for us most of the time. Okay. My mom would work later than my dad. So he would be the one that would make dinner. So I think it's like helping him. Um, he always would make like fun meals for us and stuff. So Cute. I think that like through that, um, I also loved watching cooking shows when I was little. Me too. Like that was like that and Animal Planet were my two Me things too. that I would watch all the time. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, again, like when I'm talking to like artists, adult artists, we all end up in these like different mediums, but I can't tell you how often people sit here and are like, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Like everyone. It's so like, funny you say everyone. that because I wanted to until I took biology. Everyone. I mean, we all, <laughs> I think we all kind of realize eventually like, well, I don't like being cold. Like I'm seasick, you know, like, right. but it's like these same like wonder like it's like these same kind of sources of wonder are like 
just there's something about the ocean that just like is enticing to a creative right. child or maybe all children. I don't know, but I love that. So, okay. So you had this, like you had this cute relationship with your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Your mom's working later. Um, do you, do you want to say anything about like what it was like, like cooking with him or like kind of what about it was like, like what about it enticed you? Was it like smells, colors? Like, what was it? Honestly, hmm, that's a good question. I think mostly just spending time with my dad if that makes sense my dad growing up my dad and I were very close um I think that like I enjoyed maybe it's just partially because of ADHD I like the process of things and then the final product um so it was nice to like be able to see like streaming parts come together towards the end maybe toward kind of similar to like taking apart my toys and putting them back together. It's just a satisfying like, yeah. result. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've, I've interviewed several people who work with food and a lot of the, like the culinary artists that I've talked to talk about how food is family and food is love. Right. And so like to have it kind of, I mean, it makes perfect sense that it would be like this association with like, this is like a time that I spend with my dad and like, I'm probably projecting, but like, I can imagine it being like, we're kind of equals in this space or like, you know, right. you're getting to like, I mean, do you want to say like anything? I'd love for you to like dig in more if you want to. I mean, I think that it's funny. Cause once I got into high school, I think I wanted to help a little bit less with that. So I think that was more so like, when I was little. Yeah. And then I remember my mom being like, you talk about how you want to go to culinary school, but we're not going to pay for you to go to culinary school if you don't want to help cook. Yeah. And I think that like, it kind of started zoning in towards pastry when I took the off course cl- class sure. where we got to kind of explore like restaurant management, sous chef, executive right. chef, things like that. The French brigade. We're is like, that what that is? <laughs> something similar. Um, <laughs> and so I kind of got to, you know, hone in on that and then I think that my creativity stuck with like the pastry side because I mean given you can make food look beautiful too right um I I love the chemistry I think behind baking whereas like my friends who are like I have some friends that are chefs and they are so good at just like throwing random things in and having it work out it's like improvising and it almost gives me anxiety yeah yeah (laughs) no I totally get this because I think I, I really actually, I get this because I think music is similar. Like I have a, I have a master's degree in jazz studies, but I don't like improvising. Like there's something about the result that is very enticing to me that like it entrances me, but, um, but I don't like improvising. And I think like, it's probably similar. Like right. you want something with a recipe. <laughs> like, no, it's true. I like yeah. to follow things. And I mean, like doing the heart, like I definitely stuck with like French pastry cause it's a little bit more in depth training than, you know not that I don't enjoy a great cookie, but like chocolate chip cookies or cupcakes, things like that. Like I enjoy the detail orientation, like how it takes like three to four days to even make one thing of croissant dough and like from start to shaping to bake off. Um, I love creating things in that aspect. And then I think that cakes are the one thing that I did want to do when I moved. So a little backstory. And we can like, we can go back and forth. Okay. Okay. So I, uh, after high school, I went to Chicago to go to the French pastry school. Amazing, And it was, it was amazing. I learned under, under a bunch of French chefs. Um, cool. Scary. And <laughs> I, I know they'd always be like, not like you Americans do it. 
Um, but so you that was laminate the, your dough. You got to get yeah, all the in butter the Chicago in there. <laughs> yes. Oh and then they would teach us how to like pipe for like wet because we did cakes, like a section on cakes. Yeah. They would teach us how to pipe with just straight whipped butter and it would be like melting. And mm-hmm. they're like, if you can master this, you can do like buttercream, which is true. Yeah. Um, wow. But so we did that. And then I moved home for a little bit, worked for like a catering company in their pastry department, actually down here in Utah County. Yeah. Culinary crafts. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I work in the wedding industry, so yeah, so, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So I worked for them for like two to three years or no, two years, I think two years. And then shortly after, I moved to Hawaii, where I got okay. to work in Destination <gasps> Wedding Cakes. Wow. And that was amazing. Dream. I think that that was like... So when I moved home, I was 24 by the time I moved home. And I was like, I want to open up like a cake shop. Yeah. And my dad was like, you need to open up a shop that does more than just that, because doing just cakes is not going to keep you in business. Sure. Very true. Yeah. So that's kind of where... Also, when I moved to Hawaii, I forgot to mention this part. So I was classically trained in French pastry. When I moved to Hawaii is when I went vegan. So essentially no animal byproducts. No, All you know, butter thing. is just not even part of it anymore. No. So yeah. what I did in I my didn't free time, it was ve- your shop was vegan. A lot of people don't not even some <gasps> of our regulars don't even wow. realize. So um, essentially what I did when I was had my free time because I had just moved to a new you know state where I didn't know anyone yet. Yeah. Um, is I would start like what I call veganizing recipes. Sure. So I would like take my classic French recipes and like start seeing what I needed to change. Like yeah. what leavener, what, right. you know, like amounts of things. Um, what replacements worked better Chemistry. than the other. Yeah. yeah. And so I got to do that. Um, and then when I moved home, I call it like father, my dad approved pastries. Cause what yeah. I would do is I would do like blind taste testings where I would like go to like, you know, the big French bakeries downtown, like Twill and La Bon Vie, yeah. Le Madeleine, yeah. um, who just recently closed, which is really sad. Oh. But, um, and I would go buy some of their croissants and then I'd have my dad try mine, trying mm-hmm. to get him to be like just the same where he wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. So that's kind that's of, awesome. that was really exciting. Like I, I said, we do that. have a and lot of regulars still, like, who don't know. you're still working with your dad. That's yeah. cute. So in Hawaii is when I kind of started doing that. So when I moved back, my dad was like, you need to open up something that's like versatile. So yeah. we were actually the first like fully French patisserie because um, we opened in 2015. Wow. That's vegan. Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. vegan. I, um, I knew what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so now it's kind of nice because now we're eight years in. Yeah, and, crazy. um, I know it's, it's kind That's of nuts. nuts. I yeah. can't, when I, I can't, like, I think back and I was like, 24 year old me could have really messed up my life. Uh, how old getting, are you? I'm 32. Okay. Yeah. I'm 35 and I'm going through a similar, like I, I finished grad school 10 years ago and I'm kind of like thinking about this chunk of time and like just reflecting on how yeah. bizarre life is. It is. It is. And I like, I'm really grateful that I didn't know how hard owning a business would be when I was 24 and like everything I'd have to sacrifice, like not going out of town with my friends yeah. or like, you know, the things that you're doing in your twenties. Totally. Um, and Do you think, this is maybe like a weird question, but you had said you have ADHD. Yes. Do you think like owning a business is better for that for you? Uh, like being self I think that it can be. Yeah. I think that sometimes no, but I think most of the time, yes. Like I think that I've always been a very, it's helped me stay hyper fixated on one right. thing, it's which like has been really good. kind of. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I've definitely found that like always having, like I have seven employees that depend on me and depend on things run smoothly. So I do feel like that also helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of nice now that we're eight years in, I'm able to like finally, cause I've been working full time when I say full time, that's usually when we first opened, I was working about 62 ish hours a week. And yeah. now I'm 
I was got Double down to like time. 50, yeah. like, you know, 50 hours a week. Yeah. And now I'm like finally being able to, now that I'm pregnant, I'm able to start like stepping away a little bit more, which will be really nice. Good. Um, and That's then hopefully awesome. eventually I'll just be able to go in and do cakes. You're crushing it. Hopefully. You're 32 <laughs> and your business has been going for eight years. That's crazy. That's amazing. It's, thank you. It's, it feels good. <laughs> Okay, I have more questions about your childhood. And then yes. like now that I know kind of like a blueprint, I can ask, I always say like, I feel like I can ask better questions like of the adult artist next to me if I like understand the childhood. Right. It's just like how my brain works. Um, but I, I wanted to know about like, so I'm curious about this thing of like you loved cooking with your dad when you're younger and then a little bit older less. And I'm I'm wondering whether it has something to do with like kind of building this identity or like feeling like you have like a, like it, it, I'm wondering if it kind of gave you like a way to kind of make bigger choices or like be more of like a, like a grown up, you know, or something like, mm -hmm. but help me understand, like, like what was appealing about that when you were littler that like kind of got less appealing as you were like a teen? I think that I just had like general fascination in like the culinary world sure. and, um, you know, watching Food Network, doing food, things like that. But I think yeah. that as I got older, my attention maybe started to shift a little bit in what aspect of the culinary world I, I was interested in. So it was less like food and more like pastries. Pastries, okay, right. And, so, and then I definitely have a sweet tooth like my dad. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I would still help him all the time for like holiday stuff, even as I got older. Like okay. we'd make, like I said, fudge, caramel, cookie yeah. dough and things like that to take to the neighbors. Yeah. And so I'd help him with that. And um, I think I still remained interested in that kind of stuff. Um, okay. And then I'd also make like, my nieces, because my sister has a bunch of kids. So I would <laughs> so I would make their like birthday cakes and things like that too. So I yeah. kind of got to like you do got that to prior to going. To so school. when you were still a little kid, what like what else were you reading? Like were you were you are you interested in music? Like what were you what was like informing your creative development and like what else were you doing? Um I definitely love to read. Um trying to think what, what my kinda, summers I was definitely of more of like a you know, that is a good question. I feel like I would mostly read about me laughing and I'm like animal books, which is really funny. Animorphs? Animal books. Oh, yeah. Like this is like No, books. I know you said animal, but I was Animorphs. wondering you but you mean like nonfiction. Not yes, okay, more, I mostly. See. But then I definitely would like, you know, I loved my like teeny bot fantasy as well sure. that everyone loved. Like when Twilight was first coming out. Yeah, okay. So fantasy, no, yeah. I mean like when you're when you're twelve, like right things will pass the gut check that wouldn't when you're an adult, right, you know, right. that's normal. No. Um, but okay. So, but, so you were reading fantasy and then like nonfiction books about animals. Yes. Cool. So mostly, and I think that my biggest thing was like, so as I've gotten older, it's gotten a lot easier, but I have asthma and like severe allergies to animals, but I've always loved animals, yeah. which is why I think I've kind of geared towards, like you were saying, like, and that's why I laughed marine biology. Yeah. Cause I was like, they this don't is, have fur. This is the best case yeah. because I'm not allergic to them. Right. Exactly. They don't have fur. Yeah. Um, but then I wow. realized that, you know, biology wasn't for me, which sure. is good. Um, oh, I'm the same. I mean, like, I love animals, too. And uh, like, I still like I'm in the middle of re I just started this book. So I I work in weddings and I, I'm in a wedding band. I run a wedding band. It's like how it, it's so I do I do like original music. But then like one of my kind of money making hustles is like the band, um, the wedding band. And so I do a lot of destination weddings in like Jackson Hole, Montana. So I'm always driving. So I listen to audiobooks, And I just 
started this book um, called An Immense World, and it's about animal senses uh-huh. and like, you know, how certain bugs like taste through their feet and like, you know, just yeah. kind of like different, like different types of senses that like humans don't have. So I'm right there with you. There's something like there's something like very entrancing and like just like it lights you up about like nature. It is true. And I think that like kind of going back to what you asked about, like what I did as a kid, I was mostly outdoors. That's the thing is like, I try to think like what I did in the winter because usually like my house, my parents were developing or they built our house. We were one of the first in the neighborhood. Yeah. So it was wild. So there was like a bunch of like dirt pits, which is really dangerous hindsight. Yeah. Um, but I would always be like playing in them with my friends like and like, um, like where dirt pits, like, like where they're dug out for yeah, the house to sure. be like poured the foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd yeah. always be like, which is like I said, hindsight, very dangerous. Yeah. The nineties were a different time. The nineties um, were a different time. But my parents kind of just like let me, you know, go out and Explore. I was a huge tomboy. So my mom would try. She'd like dress me up, but I'd just come home filthy. Um, <laughs> I love it. But um, so I was mostly just outdoors, and then we. I, I remember one of my favorite things my friends would do is we would like tie ribbons on our bikes and pretend like they were horses. Of course. Using the ribbon. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah. Of course you did. Just kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. Well, I do think like with this whole idea of like the 90s were a different time, without the internet and without phones, right. we really had to be creative in a different way. It's a, it's a topic that comes up with a lot of my guests of like, I wonder what creative, like creativity is going to look a little different for like, you know, the kind of in generation that grows up with phones um that grows up with the internet because we really like you had to really handle your boredom you know yeah, it's very <laughs> when, true like in in our generation like you know you had to you had to just use your imagination for it's a true. lot it's yeah. so true I, make I games wonder. out of weird things as i say maybe their creativity will lie more within the technology industry I'm sure it must, or something yeah. <laughs> But I also wonder if like there's something with just like that immediate gratification of like, oh, here's a game I can play or like, let me scroll that like we didn't have anything like that. So it was right. like, well, I guess we'll attach ribbons to our bikes, you know, like right. you just had to kind of like figure things out. Um, were you were you interested in music? Were you like listening to music or, or watching TV or like cartoons? Like, um, you know, besides like Animal Planet and I mean, I liked movies. I think that all kids like movies. I, I was obsessed with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen when I was little, like Fair. all their adventure movies that they would do. Um, but music, I would say like, I've always, I enjoy music even to this day. Like I enjoy music a lot, but like, I like, like my partner, for example, he's very passionate about music. Like sure. he reads about like, you know, like famous musicians and things like that. And like, that's never been You're something that's like it. been on yeah. my mind, but like, I mean, I appreciate music sure. and like, well, I'm always just curious, like what the kind of input is, you know, like what's the, what's the creative stuff that's coming in. But I, I, I love this answer. Like you're watching nonfiction, you're watching the food network and you're watching animal planet. Did you have any favorite food network personalities as a kid? I'm trying to think back then who I would watch. Cause I feel like, so it was definitely food network. Um, what is her name? My brain just left my Anne body. Burrell, she's my favorite. Anne Burrell. Um, I'm trying to remember. I just always liked her when I was young because she's so sassy. I, it, it was a brunette lady. I'm trying to remember her name. Giada. I, it might I be know. or something. Is she I, Italian? You know what? I'd have to look it up. But I, because uh, I, so I, that was like when I was like younger. And I think that like, as I said, I, when I got older, I started watching things like 
Cake Boss and like sure. other like types of baking shows. Yeah. But I, gosh, I wonder what. Well, I watched the Food Network a lot as a kid too. Like I also, I love food. I love cooking. Right. I don't have any training. I'm not like that good at it, but I really like it and I really appreciate it. And I remember for me, it was always kind of like, when I would see foods that I'd never heard of, you know, like there's something just like, I've never seen that. Right. I don't know what it smells like. Like, you know, just, it was, it, it was like this clue into like a larger world. Like yeah. Something like that. I think for me, it was always like the preparation for like the uh, process. I always mm-hmm. like watching them, like when they would saute, like how much they would do it. And like, yeah. just like things like that, where they would like show like, and also, like, they always say funny commentary. Yes. Also. That's why I like Amberelle. She was yeah. always like, gourgeois. And I was always like, that's funny. You know, <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like, I'm like, something actually I've been thinking about a lot recently. Like, I I think, like, as a child, I I wasn't a tomboy. I was, like, very girly. But I think I always just, like, kind of wanted to be a badass. You know, like, I would, like, I, I loved You've Got Mail as a kid. Because mm-hmm. the idea of, like the you know Kate Kelly character like owning a business in New York and just like walking confidently through New York I was just like yeah like (laughs) I just I don't think I ever wanted to be like a housewife like I think it just wasn't like and you know I grew up Mormon and like all of the like I just didn't know any women who were like hustling you know and so I think when I would see like on TV and I, I think I like kind of like the Food Network was like reality TV in the sense that the personalities were playing themselves, you know? Right. And I think like seeing depictions of like femininity that were like different was very interesting to me. Yeah, no, that makes absolutely Something sense. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Just see. And I always thought Ambrell, she had like the, she had like a pixie cut, like, you know, and I just was like, that's, that's a woman. She's edgy. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> something there. I don't know. Um, and then I wanted to also ask about writing. Were you writing poems? Were you writing stories? Um, I definitely had a journal my entire life until, I mean, I still had it, but then like one time my sister decided to violate my How privacy and she would like wrote notes. She's like, Oh, so cute. You have a crush on like, oh, and I would write no. about it. Oh, I know. No. Um, but you know, I just got better at hiding it. Yeah, sure. uh, of course. Of course you but, did. Um, An early lesson in yeah, secrecy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I definitely... You know, as far as writing, I'd probably like more so write like little short stories rather yeah. than like poems. poems. I wish I would have written poems. Oh, I love Me. short stories. Like what were you but writing about? I probably fantasy. I mean, no, I know fantasy because yeah. I have some of them. My mom has like a, she kept a box of like all of our achievements yeah. and other things, if you would. Your sentimentals. Yeah, yeah. And I know that I have like some about like fish, yeah. <laughs> I guess, but I guess about animals, Mer- Yep, which is really funny. It's um, related. It all kind of comes back. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it was mostly geared towards not people. I'm trying to, so I have one about fish that I know of. I'm trying to remember. I read this like a couple of years ago. I went through my box. Cute. I do it like every couple of like, like you know, every like four thing. or five years. I have a box. I call it like the sentimentals box. Yeah. And it'll be like childhood stories that I wrote, like drawings, yeah. um, just like little things. And yeah, I look through, like, it's almost like a little ritual. Like right. you look through it and kind of check in and go like, are there does anything in here give my give me ideas? Like, do I recontextualize these things? I mean, that's what it's like for me. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like so that. funny. Um, I I recently went. This is so off topic. Please so tell me. I love I, it. Um, I my one of my teachers in seventh grade it was Utah history. Yeah. Um, she had us write a letter to ourselves. Yeah. For, and she's like, "I'll mail this to you on your graduation." 
And wow, so it's so, so funny because she actually did it. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so which is cool. Yeah. Um, because I'm assuming she probably did that every year. And so yeah. she really actually mailed it. That's nuts. It was funny because I remember like I like how did wrote, she find all of you? I know. Yeah. Well, well, I think that she had us write our parents. Well, obviously, yeah. we're living with our parents. So right, maybe she right. just like assumed hoped and hoped that you wrote that we still place. were yeah. living there. Um, but like I remember like writing to myself about like my crush and like what I want to do when I got older and I also sent myself five dollars. Cute. <laughs> I, I love it. I haven't spent it. It's still in that box. <laughs> but I, I thought that it. that was funny that like me takes my lunch money and sends it to my adult self. Yeah. Well, semi-adult, so quasi-adult self. I think that's 18. darling. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you do it? I don't know. Maybe I mean, obviously every little kid loves getting money. So maybe yeah, you I just figured that I wanted would like to give your adult self a little surprise. I made peace with not having it in the present and yeah. I sent it to myself I think in the that's future. So darling. That's so like, it's just like generous. Like let's just, there's something really sweet about that. That's really cute. I love it. Yeah. Did you want to say something else about it? What happened? You recently read it. Oh, I just was oh. laughing cause I was reading it and like, it's funny. Like I, that's what, at the time when I still thought I wanted to be a marine, a marine biologist. That's so funny. Um, and it's, so that's, what's so funny when you brought that up. I was like, I feel, is that like a common thing? Everybody, everybody wanted yeah. to be a marine biologist. So many people. It, I Weird. mean, that's art so, people just and, like artists. I feel like it's still kind of correlated. Like when I lived in Hawaii, we would always go like, uh, free diving. We'd always yeah. be in the ocean. Like after work, I'd go almost to the beach every single day, Yeah, but not just to the beach. Like we'd be it's, getting in the water, like, you know, like, yeah um snorkeling or something yeah, like, yeah well and then diving. I like met a group of friends down there and they are locals and they would actually take us to like west shore of the island where yeah. all like the wild dolphins would be wow. so we got to swim with wild dolphins like once a week it was amazing I think it's like one of those primal like it's just inspiring like right I think like this part of our brains that we call like, you know, like the thing that makes you an artist, like the, whatever the thing is that kind of like lights up or sparks, like the thing that gives you a motivation to spend four days making croissants or like, you know, whatever, whatever right. that thing is. I think there's just something about the ocean that's like, it's baked in. Like, I think it's just like a human in the same way that like mountains have an effect on people. Like, I just think it's related somehow. Yeah. So many people like of different mediums have sat in this chair and been like, well, I wanted to be a marine biologist. So many. It's that's crazy. so crazy to it's know. Crazy. Cause yeah. I mean, I didn't know that. So that's awesome. Well, to, like... that's why I think like, I've been thinking about this, you know, recently, like I, I'm not kidding. Like being the person who does this podcast, I think has given me like a weird insight. Like, just after talking to so many creatives, different ages, different mediums, all different kinds of people, you know, people who are like very liberal now, people who are very conservative. And there are these like weird similarities that I'm just yeah. like, I don't know. There's something going on. <laughs> it's just like something weird. Yeah. It's that cool, is cool though. though. I love it. Yeah. It's really fascinating. And it, it makes me, like I said, it makes me kind of like deconstruct like what it is that we're doing. Like, right. Any common ground. Much broader. Right. But then it's also like, it's almost like it's, like I said before, like bespoke, like we're each, each of us that are kind of like drawn to the arts or like drawn to creativity, we're finding like our spot in that. And I think some people are doing that in the medical field. Is he making, yeah. is he moving around? Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes oh. he gives me a hard little kick. So. Oh, crazy. <laughs> oh, is that, I mean, is that feeling like for the listener, 
pregnant. Right. Um, is that giving you like creative, like what's that? What is that like? Uh, you know, it's like funny cause my partner always is, he says he's not creative, which I don't believe. But, um, I mean, yes, I would say that like, it's, well, I mean, it's definitely forcing me to like figure out cause I have to hire someone to replace me. So I'm like, yeah. I need to figure out more things that I need to do yeah. in order to be able to afford to still pay myself and also right. pay someone else. But as far as like creativity goes, like I've been having a lot of fun, like, um, I mean, everyone I think has fun with babies' wardrobes, right? Sure. But like, I've been like looking online, like on like ways to like just buy plain things so it's cheaper and like kind of like Dress dye them, them yourself or do things like make them different yourself. So it's an, I mean, it's the yeah. biggest project of all. Yeah, a human. It's terrifying. I'm like yeah. equal parts excited and terrified. Yeah. But you know, it's uh, I've always wanted to be a mom, and I'm cool. You know, now at the point in my life where it can be, yeah, easy to ha- be career mom and have a baby and give him the time and attention he needs. I think it's amazing. So, well, that's per, I mean, what I was just going to say, like before I got to, before, like you, I was like, I just had to know, like, is there a little foot pushing on you? Like what's going on? Um, but I was going to say, I think some people who have that creative thing, like they become, like physical therapists. Um, right. Like I know, I mean, I, I'm saying that cause I just spent six months in physical therapy cause I had this like terrible knee injury and like, there's so much creativity. Like, right. And then I think some people like are filtering all of their creativity into like being a parent and like their medium is like these little people that they're right. like, let me help you be the person you are trying to be. I don't know. I think it's amazing. Well, I think it's like also nice cause I saw my sister do that with her kids. Like she'd always make up Nice fun things like for St. Patrick's Day, she'd always do like, you know, like the little footprint with your hand. She'd always do like little green ones on the toilet seat and she'd put like green food coloring in there. Like you went to the bathroom yeah, and stuff, you know, like just like little things. She always like made sure that like her kids always had. Exactly. That's funny. She always, and like with his little feet standing on the toilet seat. Yeah. Um, but she always like makes sure that her kids like had, you know, like fun behind things. And yeah. that's kind of how my mom was too. Like I like holidays were like my favorite, like. And I'm, my family is not religious on the opposite, opposite spectrum of that. Sure. Um, but like, this, so everyone laughs when I say this cause they're like, Oh really? Easter was my favorite holiday. Yeah. And it's cause of just like how my parents, like how my mom would like, how the whole day would go. How would, how, you know, please tell me. Uh, well, you know, like she would just do like little things. Like we would have like a little, like this one was kind of gross. One time she brought, we were like camping and she brought back deer poop. I and have she, to know why she she put it like outside as if it were the Easter bunny pooping. Oh, I think that's lovely. So, that's but it led us to our baskets because yeah. she was like, "You have to follow his poop through I the mean, basket." I think there's a little lesson like... in here, which is like, <laughs> I really do like the kind of people who are creative are looking for stuff everywhere. And right. I can picture her being camping and seeing the deer poop and being and just Easter's making that coming. link. Yeah, <laughs> not not even coming. We were was Easter's usually in. April? Yeah. So I mean like that would have been I don't know before. (laughs) Like I don't know where she was storing that, what she was doing. But I mean Oh, I love it. But I guess maybe she could you could find That's there's such a sense of wonder in that. And even if like as a child you're not putting it together, like you you have to have a sense of like that type of permission. Like this is the way that we're allowed to think about the world. We're allowed to gather deer poop a year in advance for, you know, like for for what, you know, like for what it's like for this like whimsical experience for my kids. And that's enough. Right. There's, there's definitely like a little, a little lesson in there about how you're allowed to like see the world that you're in. Right. Right. Maybe that's kind of lofty, but. I no, like I it. mean, I get it. And I mean, I also like, it's kind of funny because like playing into like my, my adult life, 
my, I think that the thing my boyfriend's like, you're so creative. It's because like little fixes that you think to things like we're like something needs. Yes. I don't, I'm trying to think of an example, exact example, but like something needs to be fixed and like you have like a creative idea of like how to do it oh, or yeah. like how to fix it or cover it or whatever it yes. is. And I think that I got a good part of that from my mom, probably. Yeah. Because she was always like Creative into problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know. I think you're exactly right. Like, in fact, I was just talking about this and it's something I like, I talk about it in therapy. Like I, I'll, you know, have some problem with like uh, my, my family is, has some issues. <laughs> um, and, As we all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I always will be, I, it's kind of like my philosophy. Like I teach at UVU and I'll say this to my students. I'm talking about it in therapy. It's like the advice I'll give to my little sister, but like, you know, if you're a creative, like be creative, solve the problem, like think outside the box. Like I'm totally with you. Like there's, nearly always a solution. And sometimes that solution is like, well, if I take a wire hanger and like, you know, and sometimes that solution is just, well, I think I know someone who does this. Like sometimes it's resourcefulness. Sometimes it's like, I don't know, but I totally hear you. That's like a, that's a skill set that you can really cultivate. And it lets the, for me anyway, it makes the world feel like safer. Just kind of thinking like, I can probably figure it out. There's probably some way to figure it out. Yeah. No, it is. It's nice. And I think that it's like funny how you like don't necessarily even think about it while you're doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. (laughs) Well, especially if it was cultivated when you're a child. Like if it's just like, it's just what you do. Like just what you do is like just solve things. Like just fix it. Just create. Just like, I mean, I love that feeling of like kind of getting like a wild idea and like kind of thinking like, I think, I think this is going to work. Right. And then like kind of slowly like figuring it out. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Like, I think you had started this story by like saying something about your boyfriend, like saying that you're creative, but like my husband also, like he's, um, he does a lot of creative things. He has a lot of hobbies, but I don't think he would call himself an artist. And he's, and same thing. Like sometimes he'll just be like, how did you think of that like why right. <laughs> why is your brain making that connection and I'm like I don't know but it is so we're gonna I'll be at Hobby Lobby tomorrow or Michael's or you know whatever um and uh I'll be I'll be tinkering you know yeah. until I figure this out yeah no yeah. it's it's funny how that happens and I think that like they often I, maybe it's just men in yeah. a way as you say but like I feel like they are creative they just like don't they view it as like, oh, I have to be a this task. way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather than like, oh, that was creative of me to figure out. Like, sure. You know what I mean? I do. I think, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I, I have been really interested lately in like these kind of archetypes of like femininity and masculinity and like thinking about exploring those in like a non-binary kind of way right. and exploring them in like a non-patriarchal way. But like... I think you're right. I think there is something like free about femininity. Right. Like when they fix something in the yard, it's like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But yeah. rather than like, oh, I was creative enough to figure it out. Because like there will be things that I do. Like I was doing gardening at my house and I like told my partner how I like figured out how, what was it? I like figured out how to fix like the lawnmower or something. And he was like how'd you do that? And I'm like, well, if it were you, you would have done the same thing and you wouldn't think you would think you're, cre- you wouldn't think you're creative. Right. You know? Right, so I mean, right. like, it's just, I see what it's you're just saying. Interesting. I, we're, there's a different framing. Yeah. And that was a very mm. convoluted, not necessarily no. the exact 
example, but like there's something that I did and I, I remember and I told him I fixed it and he was like, whoa, like impressed. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, it's the same thing as if you did it. You're so <laughs> right. You're so right. But do you feel like you're taking like a slightly different route? Maybe. Like I feel like I don't have like this. He's like a very logical person. I feel like I have like I. You're getting there via whimsy. Yes. And like exploration. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I hear you. I hear Which you. is kind of nice when you have both. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Oh, I really do. Because yeah. my, my partnership is the same. Like, like we. I'm so bad at some of the things that he's really good at and vice versa. Right. And we like the, the strengths that we each have being together has like made us like really grow those strengths and the weaknesses that we both have being together has like made them way worse. Like we, we like enable each other to be like terrible at things because the other one's like, (laughs) I got it. This is easy for me. I know. I think that that's kind of nice. I always am like, you're the yin to my yang. Totally. We're, we're very different in the sense of like, like, as you can see, I mean, I have a bunch of tattoos. He hasn't, like, none. He has one or he has wow. two. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. kind of fun, though, because, like, how different we are. I feel like he brings out characteristics within myself that I yeah. didn't, like, necessarily know that I had and vice versa. Like and it's kind of nice. Tell me. Um. Okay. Well, he definitely, I'm very reactive person. And he's very, like, he thinks things through. Like, he finds, like, you sure. know, gives people the benefit of the doubt. And I feel like I'm very quick to, like be like no that's how that person is and so like I think it's nice because we have a balancing point where like I sometimes think he's a little too trusting and I think but then again I'm sometimes too untrusting this is exactly so it's like a nice like balance balance. yeah Yeah. that's perfect yeah I love it I feel like that's like creative too like I mean just like finding a partner that like is gonna kind of help you in that way like I think that's that's like meta creative, right? Like building your life in a way that's going to be like vibrant. Um, okay. I have to go back. Tell me what it's like to sign up for a class when you're 10. Like, what is it like to be in like a cooking class as a 10 year old? I think that, well, cause I think I did it through Orson Gigi. So I, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah. They just like host like classes that you can take. So okay. I mean, it was fun. I, were there other children there? No. <laughs> okay, that's what I mean. Like, no. what was it like to be, like, the child? It's, like, funny because I feel like I've never necessarily cared about that. Maybe it's because I was always hanging around, like, my mom and her, my sister and, like, her older. You felt like you were an adult. But I just, like, felt fine. I was a very independent kid. Like, my sister and my parents were a lot more strict on her, like, mm. <clears throat> what she wasn't allowed to do, what she was allowed to do. Sure. And with me, it was, like, yeah, if you want to, like, you know, go to the pool while we're at work, that's fine. Like, cool. Things like that where, like, my sister wasn't even, like, allowed to cross the busy street. Yeah. Without my You parents. were just, like, with it. Yeah. But I think that, like, you know, parents have a good understanding of their kids' dependency and independence. Sure. And, like, knowing what they can do. So, I mean, I feel like I've always kind of felt that way. Cool. Um, that's just nice. in your little identity. That's what I wanted to ask about. Like, what did it mean for your identity to be, like... Yes, I am a serious 10-year-old in this cooking class. Like, t- like, what was it like? Um, I'm trying to remember. I remember being nervous about going. I only did one or two, if I remember correctly. I can't remember if it was one long one or two That's separate awesome. ones. But, I mean, it was fun. I think that, I mean, I remember my, I think my dad waited for me outside. So, <laughs> Do you remember, like, the other adults in the class, like, talking to you like did they talk to you like you were a child or I feel like the chef more so like was near my table like especially when we were cutting yeah and doing things you know like didn't chop your little fingers off yeah but like it's funny how like the memory works in a sense of like maybe I've just always kind of felt confident in the kitchen because I would do it with my dad I mean I think that's amazing and like you know what I mean and then like all my jobs this is gonna sound crazy because everyone is gonna be like 
I hate the food industry, but I've always loved working in the food industry. Cool. Like since I was 16, well, I w- had a job when I was 16, but then I was on drill team and they're very competitive. So I wasn't yeah. allowed to have a job. So you were, dan- but, you were dancing too. Yeah. Well, oh I yeah. I guess I, I didn't yeah. even, I didn't even yeah. think to tell you that. Yes. I danced for, I think like from when I was like three to until I graduated cool. high school, 18. Cool. Um, and did competitive dance and like gymnastics and cheer. Cool. Um, but yeah, I think that maybe the confidence has my brain a little bit not necessarily remembering like the fine. insecurity that I felt when sure. I was little. I'm sure I did. I mean, like I mean, being a child walking like, into a class of adults, I'm sure that there were some like... Oh, I love the idea that you were totally <laughs> confident though. I had a similar experience. I, I haven't thought about this in, in a long time, but I entered like a poetry competition when I was little. I was probably like, you know, eight, nine, ten, like around that same age. And I was the only child. It was like the, uh, all the other people were adults and we had this like poetry reading and, you know, you picture all these kind of like sexy college students. They're like going to a poetry reading and then like me is like a <laughs> tiny little kid. And I felt so like I belong here, you know? Right. So I, I don't know. I think like there's, you could totally have felt like very serious about it. Right. That makes perfect sense. And I think that's kind of how it was. I mean... I have always loved being in the kitchen, especially like in college. I loved it. Um, so you took those couple of classes. I also love that it was like a cutting class. Like it wasn't like a, like it wasn't a, nice a kid's safety. class. Yeah, yeah. It was like, that's crazy. And then, and then, so what happened, like what did, what, what got you to the point that you were like, I'm going to move to Chicago? Like what happened in between like those years? Um, so that's when I kind of decided that I wanted to go into pastry. And then I was kind of looking at different kinds of pastry. Sorry, when? Uh, when I was in high school, so probably my second year of taking the off course class because you can take oh, it all I three see. years. Okay, and so I think it was probably my second year. So like I was probably like seventeen. Yeah, and what, what was it like as like a seventeen year old to like know what you wanted to do for a career? I think that I mean maybe that's why I opened up a business so soon. Yeah, um, but I mean it was kind of nice and reassuring. You know, I especially like now where I have my niece living with me who's in college now cool and um like her kind of going back and forth what she wants to do yeah luckily she has time yeah yeah. i mean we all have time but yeah i do think it's fascinating i'm fascinated by a child having a purpose right like there's something about that that's just wonderful i just think i like creating food because i think food like it's fun because it's fulfilling because you're creating something as a creative but then I think people's reaction, like even like with cooking to this day, like I would definitely, like, I definitely know how to cook. I would definitely say like, I'm not a chef yeah. in the, in the kitchen. Sure. I'm a pastry chef. Yeah. I'm not like a standard, like, you know, like, but like, I'm pretty good at cooking at sure. home and like feeding people is something that always is like happy. It makes you happy. Right. And Tell then like, everything. especially when people like enjoy it and people love it, like my partner now, him being like, you're like the only person I've dated that like likes to cook or knows how to cook. Yeah. And like, we're just like being excited. Like him and I do that together now because he's used to being the one that always cooks for his partners. Mm-hmm. And so now like that's something that like we get to do together on the weeknights and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's just fun. And like, uh, for example, like taking a cake to like a friend's birthday party. Cause I always do obviously make my friends a cake for their birthday. Yeah. Like it's obviously. exciting to like get people's <laughs> yeah. like reactions to like the different things you do. And yeah. like, you know, it's like, I don't know. Food is, everyone likes food. You're a facilitator of joy. So it like, it feels good to like have like, not only you feel good about what you've created, but like knowing that other people yeah. get to also enjoy it by like eating it. Does that, 
thing because I, I totally know what you mean like that thing of like I mean maybe this is a little bit different but um yeah I remember being like a, a teenager like a younger teenager and um I was in some kind of like a little singing group and we we were doing like a little performance at the mall like for Christmas or something and I sang something and like I could see a stranger like someone I've never met like start crying and I just was like well I can never stop doing this like right. there's something about like just connecting know, with someone in that yeah, way knowing that you like seeded an emotion in someone else it's right. like deeply satisfying and I'm wondering whether that like thing um that kind of desire to do that do you try to find other ways to do it or is like food kind of the medium I or, mean like, are you always like talking to people I feel like I'm very like uh I, and that's, this also might partially be through like owning a business, working with different kinds of people, yeah. especially on small teams. Cause like I've only ever had six to seven employees at a yeah. time. I'm sure it's really um, good. Yeah. So I mean, like I feel that I am very good about reading people's emotions. Like I notice shift changes, things like that. And so like, mm. I definitely, I do think that like through conversation is a big one for me. I'm a very big words of affirmation person. Me too. But um, I love doing things for people that like make them know I'm thinking about them. Like even if it's mm -hmm. like something as small as like I saw something that's small, insignificant, but well, I mean not insignificant, Just, but like something small and I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick this up because so-and-so yeah. told me this story once. And then mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like making people feel special and heard. Yeah, yeah. I think so, yes. But I think that like. Food is just the easiest way for me to do it in like the masses. Sure. If that makes sense. Totally. Well, I think what I was wondering is if, if like the desire to like have that kind of a thing with people comes first and like the food is kind of like a means to that end. It could be. I think that maybe at first it was like just the creating of it, mm -hmm. but then like seeing people's reactions kind of like help me it's a motivator. want to stick with it. And yeah. maybe that's why from a young age I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Cause like I remember making cupcakes for my niece's birthday and I like did like she called them pup cakes when she was little because she couldn't say it so I made her like puppy cupcakes Cute. and I remember like everyone being like wait your 17 year old sister did this and so I was like that I took that and ran with it where I was like I like this like I like how it made me feel but I also like how other people felt about it right yeah. and like um it, like affirms your identity it's like right well if my identity is like I want to be the kind of person that facilitates joy I want to be the kind of person who's excellent at things. Right. It's like a, it's a perfect kind of combination of those, right? Like something yeah. like that. Like you can see a path to like all the things that make you like happy and like excited. Right. And I mean, that something. could also be a big reason why I love doing cakes, right? Because there's nothing better than like taking a cake to like a wedding, delivering a wedding an event. or something and like seeing people's expressions or like, how excited they are yeah. about the cake. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, yeah, I definitely think it ties into it. Um, but I feel like food is like a universal thing for everyone. Everyone yeah. loves food. Yes. And so I think that maybe that's like kind of what I decided from a young age. I decided to go to the uh, passion or passion flower. That's my, that's, name, that's my name of my yeah. bakery. <laughs> I decided to go to the French pastry school yeah. because I, kind of start looking into like European style baking. Cause yeah. like they're the oldest ones to do it. They do mm -hmm. it well. Mm. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so what's funny though, is over they in Europe, well. they I do love it. <laughs> and the Europeans, uh, it's actually a male dominated industry, yeah. which is quite the opposite of here where it's a female dominated industry. Yeah. Um, 
So most of the chefs, I think I had like two, three female chefs the whole time I was there. Wow. But um, because we like had rotating in like different courses. Yeah. Like platings, chocolate show pieces, chocolate wow. candy, sugar show pieces, Amazing. cake decorating, breads, breakfast pastries, things like that. Yeah, wow. Um, we had different chefs for all of them. It would cool. rotate. And it was just really cool to like, first I wanted to go to school in France. Yeah. And then I like got thinking about it and I was reading reviews on schools and I was like, I don't speak French. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm going to go pay this money to like, and uh, while I can like watch him visually, confused all the but time. I'm going to not yeah. understand what they're saying. And like, to be fair, we love a French accent, but they're really hard to understand when they're like heavy French accent. Yeah. Like yeah. my chef, chef Jonathan at my school, he did the, he was the master bread bake, like bread program. And he would always be like, incorporate hair into the dough. And I was like, I finally asked my table mate. I'm like, what is he talking about? Like what hair? Air. Yeah. And she's like, no air. Cause yeah. I was like 18. Yeah. yeah you know, cause I, yeah. and I had never, like I've been out of the country once at that yeah. point in my life. Yeah. So I was just like, incorporate what? hair. Like what is, like, what? is he talking about like a hair type consistency? Like, what is he talking about? And she's like, he's saying air. And oh I was gosh. like, you know, oh. you know, but, um, that was really, that was a crazy experience going to yeah. Chicago from how, here. How did your identity change during that? Like, or like, just tell me about that period. Like, what does it mean in like your journey? I mean, I definitely thought, okay, so growing up in Utah, um, you kind of understand a way of life that's not the same everywhere. Yes. If that makes sense. I didn't grow up here, but I grew up in Mesa, Arizona, which is really similar. There's right. a lot of LDS people there. Yeah. And so like. Such like even though I wasn't like I like all my friends were LDS. I think about this like, all the time. Like even for people who've never been LDS growing up here, like it's it's different. It, it makes, is different. It makes you kind of different. It it does, and I think that like you know, like moving to a bigger city like that, you have like a false sense of like security and like here, where like like people will tell me like even now like they're like oh, like this part of Salt Lake. And I was like, you have no you idea. Yeah. If you think that that is a scary part. Chicago is scary. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, I remember ne reading news reports when we were trying to find out where to live. And there were some scary stories. And I was just like, oh, this is normal, though, everywhere in the world. Besides right. our little. Don't go in these neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah. When it's like, it's not even like by cities. It's by streets. It's right. like this street is safe. This street is not. This is. It's, it's very interesting. And um so going there, I definitely, cause I was only 18 and crazy. Yeah. Luckily I had a partner who was, he had just graduated college and he was willing to move, make the move with me. So I wasn't completely alone That's good. because yeah. everyone that was in my class, there was one girl who was younger than me, but everyone else was like in their thirties and forties. Wow. And it's because they were doing like career changings, like her career changes. Like yeah. we had an architect, we had a lawyer, we had people who just, just realized they needed to be yeah, in a, creative a mom field. who had an empty nest and she wanted to do something. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, so it was, it was nice to have someone there yeah. <clears throat> and it was eye opening. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say like, it was also really cool to be the minority, if that makes sense. Like, cause you know, in Utah, the diversity is getting a lot better. Yeah. Um, as time goes on, especially down in Salt Lake. Yeah. But like, it was kind of cool, like being thrown into this environment where I was completely unfamiliar. Yeah. And I feel like I adapt well to change, and I also really love change. I feel like I embrace it. So yeah. like, getting I'm similar. Yeah, getting thrown into like where I'm not the I'm the like not necessarily minority, but like I know what you mean. Yeah, like uh, where it's like more intermixed. I had a similar experience. Like I I moved to um I moved to Denton, Texas for college when I was 19 
And um, it's like a hippie little art town. Like it's kind of like Austin, but it's in North Texas. And it's it's just a college town. But um, their jazz studies program is it's the oldest jazz studies program in the world. So it's like there, there's just like a vibe like it's an right. art it's an art city. And like, you know, there's t- tons of like little vegan stores and like, right. you know, that's just like the vibe. It's a very like hippie art vibe. And, you know, I was still Mormon when I when I went when I was in school and was just like, you know, the only blonde like and, right. I, you know, coming from Mesa, Arizona, we're like everyone's everyone blonde. Is. And like that's not like, oh, a minority, but just kind of feel just being, um, yeah, enchanted by like all the variety of people. And like, right. I think I get that. Like, I'm sure I'm sure it was a whole different thing being like in Chicago with everyone older because um, Denton was also very safe. But just kind of like, oh, my gosh, this is new. Right. And just like. I know my parents were nervous. Yeah. <laughs> um, like me yeah. moving out there by myself. Yeah. But yeah, I think that um, it was really cold. Also, I remember being yeah. like, I'm from Utah. I get it. Yeah. We have the cold. No. Yeah. It's nothing your like that. Your teeth up are there. cold and your eyeballs are well, cold. Well, like the wind, it yeah. feels like it's like stabbing you. Yeah. Like, it's so cold. Like I remember there were like icicles frozen horizontally through the chain link fence by Lake Shore. The wind. And it was, it was just so cold. But um, also, I feel like there's like, to be fair, you understand because you've probably traveled. There's a lot more culture in yeah. in Chicago, which was really cool to like learn about. And like, I don't know, it was really nice. And I feel like that kind of helped me like understand, you know, that not everything is like, <laughs> okay, for example, when I moved there in Utah, yeah. you scream help. Chances are someone's probably going to help you. Yeah. Um, I remember I was wow, told when I yeah. first moved there, they were like, don't scream help, scream fire. That's the only way you're going to get people to I've like that. come yeah. out of their house. Right. And like that being said, like, and I feel like that's pretty common, like in most big cities, yeah. right? I feel like in Utah, we just have this very sheltered culture where it's like. It's like a suburb, even in the city. Yeah. It's like a small town feeling. It is. It, yeah. it, well, I mean, small Lake city. And it is, yeah. it is so small, especially because like, being born and raised in Salt Lake, like, and like, there's other things like being raised in Utah, being not Mormon when all my friends were and things like that. Like there's different like things to it, but I do feel like the Mormon culture kind of is like what Salt Lake, you know, is. And so it feels safer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. A lot safer in that sense. So yes, it's almost like being in a place that has a totally different like milieu, um, gives you like a paradigm shift. Like it just, it just like, clunks your entire worldview like right things are different I just remember feeling so cool though like because my school is right across the street mm-hmm. from if you want to call it Sears Tower Willis Tower oh, yeah. we literally were across the street and I remember being like look at me being such an adult oh yeah like just in the kitchen like piping my melting butter yes. being like well, I'm such an adult in Chicago I myself wondering about your childhood like I bet it's the same feeling as being that child in the cutting class like right I right like right you, you it's like you're searching for this, like, you want to be on the edge. Does it feel like that? I definitely think so. I think I like being uncomfortable because I feel like it makes me feel... Alive? Yes. Like, it makes me feel, like, <laughs> yeah. more challenged and yes. more, you know, like, that's kind I of totally something I've always it. done. Like, especially, like, opening a business when I'm 24, moving mm. to Hawaii, yeah. moving to Chicago, you know, oh like... Oh, my gosh. I've never thought about this. I've genuinely never thought about this, but, like, hearing you say this, I'm like... Oh, that's a perfect way to describe it. Like, yeah, just like that. Like you need that thing. Like you need to be challenged or something. And I definitely like 
I loved Chicago. I loved living there. And also, I guess what's a cool thing is that they have like a larger Jewish community even. So I was a nanny while I was in school and I got to like be a nanny for this Jewish family. Yeah. And it was so cool because I got to like celebrate Hanukkah with them and I got to like play their like games, like the dreidel game and things like that. And then they they were so sweet. They like gave me Hanukkah presents. They even gave me a Christmas present because they know that I celebrate Christmas. That's darling. And you know, like it was... I loved my time in Chicago and I think that like that's definitely like a big part of where the creativity like actually flourished because I think that Mm -hmm. I always kind of had it but like I think that like being uncomfortable being away from my family being in my tiny 800 square foot apartment or like less than that I think it was like 600 square foot apartment yeah yeah, there's something about that that's like a key ingredient being forced to be uncomfortable yeah, I I really think I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah, I need to think about this more. Like, I need to explore this idea. But yeah, I mean, like, like without that kind of piece of like, like without that component of like this discomfort or like this kind of like, yeah, it's hard to like hear the muse like knocking right. on your shoulder or something. Right. Like, it, it lights that fire or I, something. I remember my mom was always like, "Why are you trying to leave the state so bad?" Because like, she's, I was like looking at slicks culinary arts class yeah. I was looking at the art institute yeah you know I was looking at different ones and every time she was like why are you trying to get out of here so bad I need an adventure mom <laughs> I know and so of course when I picked Chicago my mom was like what <laughs> like, <Yeah>. listen <laughs> mom it could have been Paris so yeah could have been least worse. I'm in the states <laughs> yeah. I know I think that like she my sister went to school in she went to FIDM in LA and so I think that cool. I mean even I feel like LA feels a little bit closer so oh, totally. it's not as scary totally. you know what I mean so. well LA is also just I mean it's not as scary it's just <laughs> not it's just not I mean I'm sure there's there I know there are neighborhoods in LA that are that are you know have gang issues too but it's just bigger and like right. I don't know I mean like I've only been to Chicago once but like the freeway system even in LA I think just makes it like it's just right. different. Well, and I didn't even have a car when I lived in Chicago. I would just ride the public transit everywhere. That's what I'm saying. It's like you can't yeah. really live in LA and not have a car. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just different. That's what's also awesome about like cities like New York. I think my mom was worried I was going to move to New York next because that's kind of like where I was like, I kind of like York it is there. Fascinating. Yeah. I am. But I, I think that's what's also like Chicago's like public transit system is amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is amazing. Like you can get anywhere you need to get. Yeah. And, cool. um, but I guess it's also fortunate because parking is like $40 a day. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I still get stressed out about even Salt Lake. I'm like, I don't know how to park in the city. I get nervous. I'm like, well, I have to parallel park. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. You have to pay everywhere. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I have heard that if you have like a electric vehicle, you don't have to pay for parking. That's nice. In some places in Salt like Lake. Like where they charge. Yeah. Like if you have a hybrid vehicle, like you don't, I think that's true. I have true. a hybrid and I can't park everywhere, but I, mine also mm. does not charge electrically. Mm. So. I, maybe I like, like, like what, like Tesla's or listen, like I'm not sure <laughs> I got to investigate. I'll let you know. I'll figure it out. I'll let you know. Okay. I wanted to ask, I'm worried I'm going to forget, but all the dancing that you did, how does that relate to your creativity? Like, can you, can you do any math for me of like how these things are related or are they not? I don't know. I mean, they, they possibly could be, I can't think of like, I mean, maybe again, it's just like each individual step type thing. I'm not mm-hmm. sure exactly. I think that you know, I did enjoy dancing up until I was in high school. And then I kind of, my mom was like, you have to stick to it. Yeah. yeah. Which is also good. I yeah. am glad hindsight. I mean, yeah. in the moment she was like. You didn't want to do it in high school. I didn't want to. Well, it's because okay. I did. So I did competitive. I was on drill team in, yeah. in Utah. For Intense. 
It's very intense. And like our practices were really long. We had long practices on the weekends. Like it, one of, like our pre- the president of the drill team. I can't even imagine. House and like hell week was a different week where we'd learn yeah. all of our routines and we'd have to audition for him. Before like, school starts. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was really hard. And, yeah. uh, so I did it my sophomore year, which I'm really grateful for. Cause I, I mean, I did it all three years, but yeah. I did it my sophomore year. I made a lot of friends before school started, which was cool. nice. Cause I, I guess, you know, it's funny that we're talking about this because I went to elementary school and I wanted to go to a different junior high. Mm-hmm. So I like had to remake friends again. And sure. then everyone in my junior high went to Taylorsville High School and I was like I want to go up to Cottonwood High School yeah so I feel like I've always kind of liked being like new forced into new places which is really interesting now like looking back on it and seeing like how I like have always liked feeling uncomfortable in a sense story that's one of your that's one of your stories and so um I got to make friends with people I had never met before because they all went to different junior highs up on the east side of Salt Lake Valley rather than on the west side of it and um so I think that, like, I was really appreciative of that, but then I didn't want to do it the next year, and I, that'd be the year I was getting a car. So my mom was like, do you want a car? And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) But I'm honestly, (laughs) at this point, I'm glad that she had me do it, because I do think that I'm the type of person where, like, I would need to be involved in school in order to stay interested in school, because of, like, you know, ADHD and other things like that, where, like, I had to have a goal in order to... Yeah, have motivation. And I did love school. Like, looking back on high school, a lot of people have, like, they would never, I mean, not saying I'd want to go back on drill team, but like, (laughs) but like looking back on high school, I had like an overall, like my high school experience was great. And I have a lot of really fond memories of high school. I love it. And I know that I probably wouldn't have had I not been forced to do drill team. That's the lesson. It's, it's just like it, it kept alive that like challenge part of you. Right. And the, and maybe there's something to do with the people too. Like, cultivating some of those people skills right. like always knowing new people yeah that's cool and I, I, think, I always think like anything that's significant in our lives like it can't help but kind of be an ingredient in what we're doing right and I'm always curious like how do these like how do all these roots like kind of I mean it definitely helped me get on morning schedule oh that's <laughs> for baking dude because drill team was early that's so. one thing I could I could never yeah I mean I became a jazz musician because like I love the nighttime yeah <laughs> I think that, like, because we had to be at school at 5.30 on oh. B days and 6 on A days. It, it was it was early. It was so, so early. early. And then weekend, Saturday, 9 a.m. And it was, uh, you know, I, so I mean, maybe that was good to get me, yeah. like, in the. It's part of your training. Well, because then yeah. I, when I went to college, my, my class started at 6.30 and I would take the, like, the train. Because, I mean, I didn't live in downtown Chicago. Yeah. I lived in Loyola. You had Leola, to start like an hour earlier. Like Roger Park area. Yeah. yeah. So I would have to like trek over there and like ride the bus or the train, in not the, the bus. Snow. It was so awful. I remember when people first started pulling out their coats and I was like, look at all these people so dramatic with their like ankle down. length. Yeah. Their ankle length down coats. And then like, I was like, oh no, this makes sense. Your legs, like even through your pants, even if like, cause I would wear layers. I would yeah. wear like like tights and then yeah. pants. Yeah. And it would like feel like literally like little tiny knives from the wind stabbing I you. I went to Chicago one time. I had a performance there like December 22nd or something. Yeah. It was oh, like gosh. right before Christmas. Yeah. And like, I just remember like my teeth hurt so bad. Like my yeah. teeth and my eyeballs, like, and like I could feel the cold air, like going in my ear, you know, yeah. like just stuff like that. But it's I was, like, so cold. This and then the so summer is so hot. <laughs> I couldn't, the I humid know. hot. <laughs> I used to think I, I, well, after I went 
there in the winter, I still loved it. And then I thought like, well, if I've been there in the winter, like maybe I could live there, but I didn't ever, I didn't ever go. Didn't explore that idea no. yeah, <laughs> any I, further. I did not, but, um, but I did think about it cause it, it does seem like an enchanting place. Okay. So you go from Chicago to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. How, what, how did that happen? Uh, so I moved home for a while back to Utah, worked okay. for culinary crafts. Right. Um, I started as their like assistant, like pastry chef, and then I got promoted eventually to the executive pastry chef position. Sweet. And then I started dating someone who his family, like we were, we were dating for a while, and then his family was going on a cruise to like all the Hawaiian Islands. Cool. And so they invited me to tag along. Fun. And so we Perks. went. I know. So we went, <laughs> and then I remember talking with him, and I was like, I kind of want to like try to live here. And he was like, yeah, like we should do it. So we saved Fun. up, I think, for like three months or four months. And then we moved out there and we wow. lived out there for a couple of years. Um, what was the, I mean, I, I have to imagine the food culture was completely different. Yeah. It, what what yes. did you learn? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so that's where I got to work on Destination Wedding Cakes. So that's where I like learned how to carve cakes, do like intricate piping, make like, uh, like we did focus on gum paste work and school, but I got to like do it more in depth. Um, Is gum paste like fondant? Sort of it hardens. So like when you see like fake flowers that are on cakes that aren't mm. real flowers, they're mm. usually made out of gum paste. So like we would learn how to make flowers. So when I went to work for this comp or this company um, out there, we got to do like figurines that were made off things like oh, that. And like yeah. just doing Sculpture. different. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And then like doing like, you know, it got to the point where I was making like four to five wedding cakes a day, which is really fast Holy and crazy. Shit. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> so crazy. like it's kind of it was really fun. Um and the food culture. So being that I went vegan when I first got out there, yeah. um, everyone out there loves pork, Kahlua yeah. pork yeah. and fish, obviously yeah. here in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that like we had, I cooked most of the time. So I feel like um, I did eat out, but all the, you know, imagine living there is expensive. Eating there is also expensive because they're charging yeah. like tourist prices. Right. I think I was, I think I'm wondering and I'm probably just totally naive, but I think I was wondering whether like the slowness, like it seems like everything is like- Aloha time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if that was a different kind of philosophy, but if you were working in the uh, cakes, So for mine, no. Slow. Grateful, like she, I think I only got paid like $11 an hour, which is crazy because it was so expensive to live there. Yeah. Um, and I, she would let me work as much overtime as I wanted though. So I'd usually work again around like 50 hours a week. Yeah. But my partner who I was with at the time- he was a tattooer and there's a lot of military bases out there. And a lot of these, I'm going to call them kids because they're younger than I am now. Sure, but yeah. a lot of these kids in the military, they have no family. They're living on base. They have all yeah. this extra money. Right. So they're just getting tattooed. So he made a lot yeah. of money. Cool. And so like, that's kind of why we were able to self-sustain sure. out there. Um, but that being said, like his job definitely ran on like Aloha time. Mm. If you will, like they would be like, I will. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it was like, open 12-ish until 8-ish. You sure. know what I mean? Like things like that. And then like they would go to the beach in the middle of the day yeah. and stuff. Which I love it. I definitely didn't have that luxury during my work I don't know day, if but... I could do that. Like I'm so busy. Like, and right. I like a structure and I like, but I, I think I was wondering whether like the philosophy of kind of that like made its way into your... Uh, not in the food industry. Yeah. But I think that's because like I said, it's all geared around tourists, right? So like... Mm. I think that like for when you're doing like, I'm trying to think of like how to explain it. I don't think for like me in the sense of like we had deadlines, we had wedding right. cakes that were due out. You're making four cakes in a day. That's there's, that's not Aloha time. Yeah. No, like that's we New have York to make time. sure we yeah. have to get them done and in time. Um, 
But I mean, I definitely like on my days off, it was really nice. Like we would like anything I would have to do, I would do at the beach, which was really cool. Um, yeah. Like in the, not, cool. not in the sense of like cleaning the house or whatever, but right. like the hikes were amazing. Yeah. The, you know, don't even get me started on the process of bringing a dog out there. Yeah. It's a nightmare Why? because they don't have rabies on the island. So like, oh. yeah, it was awful. So I did all the work, of course, because that's kind of how it always is in early relationships. Um, yeah. So sure. I had to do like two series of rabies vaccinations before they're like while we were here and then we had to send their blood tests away to a university in Michigan where they tested to make sure that they had antibodies built up towards rabies. Oh my gosh. And then after that, they had a 90 day quarantine. Um, that being said, like we could either do it in Hawaii where we're like, they had to be in a facility and we could only visit them during certain hours, but we wow. both worked, wow. which I wasn't going to do because yeah. that would make me so sad. It's too sad. And they'd also charge more to have them boarded together, which makes no sense because yeah. it's less space. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. Yeah. Cause we were bringing over two dogs. Um, and wow. then, or I could do it. I'd have my parents just end up keeping them for the nine days. And then we had to ship them as cargo. And I had to make sure that like every state, wow. cause they wouldn't do direct flights with them. And then every state that they landed in had to be under a certain degree and over a certain degree. So I had to like strategically plan where they were flying. Oh my gosh. A whole it was project. a nightmare. Yeah. Wait, how long were you in Hawaii? A couple, like two, almost two years. Okay. Not quite, but almost. And did, did any of that, like, did any of the kind of culture there, like make its way into like your identity as a creative? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely very appreciative. Like that's the Hawaiian culture is very beautiful. The stories like their, mm -hmm. you know, like their ancestry. Um, I definitely think that like, again, I've, back to the flowers yeah. I definitely like like the different kinds of flowers that grow in Hawaii are amazing and so like things like that like I definitely feel like that grew into the artistry in the sense of like I got to work like okay for example before I got my cake my cake job uh I worked at Whole Foods in their bakery department yeah cool um and that was like right before I got the cake job and uh I got to like play with like exotic fruits I've never got to play with and like make flavors because like does passion flower like kind of come from that time yeah, I would definitely say so. Like, I cool. love playing with like flavors like passion fruit and like you know, or Tropical lily koi, if you will, yeah. or like you know, like things like um, papaya and things like that. Yeah. Um, where I feel like a lot of businesses focus on like berry forward things and right. things like that, where it's more normalized here. But so yeah. I mean, definitely got exposed to like you'd be on a hike and you'd find like lily passion fruit, lily koi, yeah. just like on the ground, and you'd be able to eat it. Like it was so weird. Wow. But and then like mango trees the and, and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've been following your, I've been following like your social media for a while now and everything just seems like just, yeah, like it has a different vibe than yeah. like what I, what I think of French pastry. Right. It seems like there's, there's so like it's another definitely component. Like we have the French, but then we have like, you know, like the passion fruit coconut croissant, which is yeah. like, we're adding a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Am I my man, the person I pay to manage my bakery, I always say my manager and people get so confused. Yeah. Uh, the person I pay to command, she's like wanting to try, start doing things with like, Ube, UBE, Ube or yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, which is also another Pur that's purple, right? Yeah. It's is like, it like a yam. Uh, sort of. Yes. It's kind of more starchy. Like, so it's big in Hawaiian dishes. Like yeah. it kind of takes on the flavor of whatever you're pairing okay, cool. it with. Yeah. But a lot of people are really liking that. Or like taro is like yeah, a good yeah. name for it. Cool. Okay. Um, so yeah. I think I've heard of that. Like is, is it in a lot of Asian cooking too? Yes. Like Asian baking? I mean, 
Hawaii is very heavily influenced by Asian right. cooking because there's a lot of Japanese like settlers cool. and stuff. So. Yeah. And it's like a purple, like potato-ish thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think I've heard, I, I've, <laughs> I was going to say, I think I've heard of this, but like, obviously I have, cause I have the right stats. Yes. Yes. Um, tell me about your tattoos. When did you start getting tattoos? Uh, despite my mom's wishes, just kidding. When yeah. I was 18. Um, tell me what it means for your identity to like walk around as artwork. You know, it's like funny. Cause I feel like oftentimes I, when I see myself in the mirror, I don't see them anymore. I mean, obviously I see them when I look, Yeah, yeah. when I'm looking at a specific one, Yeah. but like overall, when like you look in the mirror, it's almost like having something on your body constantly that you eventually just like don't notice when you yeah. look in the mirror. Yeah. But I mean, I think that everyone kind of starts out with getting tattoos with like meaning, you know, like yeah. my first tattoo is like my favorite flower, speaking yeah. of flowers again. And then yes. like. After that, I was like, oh, this one's for my dad. This one's for my mom. This, one. But eventually, it just started, like, I started collecting things, like, I liked, if that yeah, makes sense. It's just beauty. Um, yeah. But it's it's funny. I definitely feel like I've slowed down a lot. Yeah. Uh, I I oh. love seeing this tattoo on your belly, on your oh, my pregnant, belly. Belly. My pregnant belly. I know. My boyfriend and I laugh about this horse's eye, how it's going to be, like, oh. super big once the baby's born. I but, um, it's amazing. It's like funny though. Cause when I go into other, like in Salt Lake, it's so tattoos are so common, which is another mm. funny thing for people who don't live in state to like hear that. Cause they think like Everyone's Utah, all LDS yeah. and like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so like in Salt Lake though, like a lot of people have tattoos. And so, mm. I mean, and I do get it. Like I am more of like a heavily tattooed person, but like we went to Cancun and like no one has tattoos. Yeah. My boyfriend, cause he doesn't have any either. Yeah. And he was just like, it's weird how many people like gawk stare at you. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I just like learned to tune it out. Does it mean anything to you? Like, like, do you feel like, do you feel like in any way you're kind of like proclaiming anything or like you're moving through the world with like a different, like you can move through the world in a different way? I think that, you know, some people collect arts to, art to put on their walls and I'm like collecting on my body. Yeah. I definitely wish I would have slowed, like I was saying, slowed down when I was younger. That way I could get more pieces for more artists as I get, yeah. as I meet more artists and yeah. have the opportunity. Like there's a lot of shops now where like artists from like out of the country are coming to tattoo and cool. stuff. And unfortunately I'm running you, out of space. Yeah. You still have some space, but, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well that's like, what's funny is like, while I found out when I found out I was pregnant, we were working on my back which I advise everyone to not get back tattoos. They hurt so bad. Um, <laughs> Sounds horrible. But uh, Sounds I definitely like think tickly. it, it shocky. You, you would hope it would be tickly over yeah. what it feels like. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it, I just, I think that, I mean, it's who, I, it's a part of who I am, I guess. I think that I translate it for me. Like I what, mean, what does it say about you? What does it mean? I, you know, I, it's funny because like the different periods of like my life I was in when I got certain things like that tattoo where I was mentioning that I was dating for a while, not a super good guy. Mm. Um, so like, it's like kind of funny because I was going through different phases in my life while I've had all of them. So like, I know that my stomach tattoo was the first tattoo I got after finally getting him to like move out of my house leave, yeah. and like things like that. Um, but I think that it's kind of like a journal yeah? in a sense. Yeah. Like, like I have like history. Like when Beyonce's Lemonade album came out, my friend and I were obsessed with it. So we got like lemonade tattoos and like, cool. you know what I mean? So it's kind of just like little things. It's like a little history. Yeah. You can yeah. look back and be like, this was I me then. I got the mom and dad to just... lessen the blow. Yeah. 
That's so funny. My mom was upset when, every time I came home with a new one up until about like the 10th. And then I think she just like finally started accepting yeah. it. And she's like, well, okay. it's beautiful. I but think it's beautiful. she's just happy I get them in a sterile environment and yeah. that they look nice. Yeah, they're, pretty, they're <laughs> you know? very pretty. You know, so. But I think there's something like really, I keep saying this word. It's just like a word that I'm like on today. But like there's something very enchanting about like woman with a lot of tattoos I think like right it's like a I don't know it's just like it's really pretty it's really beautiful it's I think. funny because I feel like uh the person that I also like mentioned prior my the person I had co-manage she also has a good amount of tattoos I feel like also that's kind of like if you will like the vegan community it's like an alternative lifestyle yeah. type of thing but like she was like saying she's like some people feel like it makes you like look less femme and like feminine, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which is funny because I've never felt less feminine. It, there are times where I wonder what I would look like without them. Like there are apps where you can like take a yeah. photo of yourself. And like my friend one time, like thought it'd be fun on our flight to Hawaii to like take Photoshop all my tattoos off my body to yeah. like see like this bikini photo that I yeah. had to see what it looked like. She had to give me a fake belly button, which was creepy looking. But yeah. other than that, it, it was crazy to see. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's, I think it's powerful. I think there's, there's like some goddess energy in there or something like, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, but I, I, I have had the thought that like when I see like a, a woman who has a lot of tattoos, I always just think like, there's something just like, there's something just powerful about it. And I feel like it's helped a lot in the sense of like, you know, as a woman, um, being harassed a lot, I feel like it's kind of. It helps that in a sense because I feel like people are like, oh, this girl will say something. That's what I'm saying. It's you know powerful. what I mean? Like this girl will say like, yeah, it's like, or like, it's like you're without anybody, like just from even from far away, someone could like see you and kind of be like, I won't at this, this woman is in her power. Like there's right. something like that. Yeah. And it's funny because like when you get to talk to me, like I'm just like a normal person and I'm, I'm nice, I'm friendly, but I feel like it like helps it weeds out people yeah. that maybe don't it's you like know. you're reminding people that your body is for you right something like that and you know like i was just gonna say you asked about the tattoos what my one of my newest ones i got with my niece because uh, when she turned 18 i paid yeah. for her to get a tattoo oh, i love that my sister was okay with it yeah <laughs> great that's great that's but great. um we both got these butterflies she got them oh, like beautiful. across her knee but oh, i love them i couldn't fit it there so yeah. i just did them all right there i love it but yeah i mean it's fun and like you know, it makes me remember, you know, like I know where I was at at specific times when I got these tattoos. Right. It's kind of like grounding or so something. So I guess kind of similar like journaling in yeah. a sense. Like there's I like. I was thinking like you got better at hiding, but then you're like, actually, instead, I'll just put them on my body. Right. Like, because your sister read your journal. You're <laughs> right. like, I'll put them. Exactly. I'll just put them so, out. That's a different funny. type of a. It's a different strategy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, let's talk about your business. Okay. Tell me, like, just, I think, okay, so as we're kind of like, we're kind of, we've been talking for a long time. So as we're kind of coming to like the close, the podcast is called Artifice. I say this like nearly every episode, but it's a beautiful word to me. Um, it's just like a cool word. But also, like, I just think what we do as creatives is just like, it's fascinating. It's kind of unknowable. People are confused about it. Like, what is it like? What do you do? You own a bakery? What? Um, And so I'd love to hear you talk about like, just what are the things that you like that people just wouldn't know? Like, you know, or just as you kind of tell the story about building your business, like what are the things about it that are like the most exciting to you? I think that, well, I mean, so we we opened when I was 24. Um, Wow. Or 
bakery opened. Yeah. It's called Passion Flower. Um, I've always been a big fan of dad jokes, puns. So Passion Flowers, flowers spelled like the flower you bake with. Yes. But then also has like kind of like the flower aspect yes. in there because I've always been, you like I said, flowers. hyper obsessive flowers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that, like I said, I'm really happy that no one told me how hard owning a business would be. Cause I probably would have done it. I'm really grateful. I did. I'm so grateful. I did. I just think that like, there were a lot of parts of, you know, like your twenties that people get to experience, like going out town with friends or like going to do things. And like, I couldn't, I also skipped all that stuff. Cause I was hustling. Yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. Like, and I couldn't, like I would miss, unfortunately, I would definitely spend time with them separately, but like I would miss niece's birthday parties. I would, you know, yeah. like, and it sucked. It did yeah. suck. Um, but I feel like seeing that I am able now to be in a standpoint where like I built this business. Um, like we just celebrated eight years on June 25th Amazing. and I've like built like a staff and I've built like where I know, like even with staff coming, if staff come and goes, like I know the training will remain consistent. We have like yeah. the system, if you will. Cool. Um, I will. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I love it. So I think that it's been nice. Cause I kind of have always like told myself, even in my twenties, I was like, the struggles of your 20s should hopefully pay off in your 30s. And I kept like telling myself that because mm -hmm. I feel like 30s is when everyone's like finally settling into their career and mm -hmm. getting things going. And like, I am very much so wanting to be, a, I want, I've always wanted to be a career mom probably because my mom was a career mom. Yeah. I've always saw that like that. It's cool. So, but like, it is going to be nice that I can take time away yeah. now that like I'm 32 and I'm having my first child. And like, um, I would say like the parts I love getting to know all my employees. I think that that's probably been like my favorite part is like, not just that, but like my employees getting to explore their creativity within yeah, it. It's um, beautiful. when we have people come in, I always tell them like, even if they're just like a barista, not just, they're yeah. very essential. Yeah, you, uh, just mean it, you just mean, it's if they're not a barista and not a baker. Yeah. Cause yeah. I have, so I have two full-time bakers and then I have four baristas Cool. and like, getting like even the baristas to give input or like letting them be creative with like That's drink awesome. specials or like, you know, it's kind of like exciting to see like different people's ideas of what they want to incorporate. Like we ask, I always like when they get hired, I'm like, also like your input matters. Like if you think that there's like a flavor that's not selling well and you have an idea, like let us know. Like I love it. And so it's kind of like really fun to like help other people get to explore their creativity within yeah. it as well. It's like there's creativity in, in as many places as there can be. Right. Yeah. Like, so like obviously you have a structure, but then you allow yeah. people to have a creative space That's as well. Awesome. It's and like collaborative. Yeah. Cool. And it's really nice. Cause like I said, like before, like getting to work with different kinds of people, different personality types, yeah. different, you know, like working with the more sensitive types or the more assertive types. Like mm. it's really kind of cool to like, see how those types can also help balance each other out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, it, I mean, I run a band, so I, I, it's like, it's a similar, like we're all doing one creative thing together, but we're each creatives. And right. I think about similar things of like, how do we each bring our best selves, like our sparkliest selves, like to this project? It's exciting. Yeah. It's really satisfying. It is. What is it like being like the boss? You know, <laughs> it was really weird when I was 24, I think yeah. mostly. Um, but I think that like, something that's always been important to me is like making sure I'm always approachable to them. But like, it's nice in the sense of like, obviously working for yourself is going to be nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people would disagree, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I get yeah. it. I, yeah. um, I haven't had a boss in a long time. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was like thinking about that the other day and I was like, what if I got a different side hustle? I was like, working for someone else sounds well, because like like what I cultivated at my work is like I took like a list of everything I liked about past employers, everything I didn't like. Mm. And I've tried my best, obviously. So there are times where you fall flat and you learn from your experiences. But like I've tried to like remain consistent with like making sure that everyone feels involved and everyone yeah. feels comfortable at work. Cause like training people, especially with food, coffee, especially is so expensive. And, uh, so mm-hmm. like retention, you obviously want to have a good retention. Right. So something that is, I've been very prideful of is like making sure I create an environment where everyone gets along, but also like my retention is like, like my manager has been with me for almost five years Cool. and like all my other employees are like at two years, three years, you know, like it's, wow. And it's nice because then you kind of create like a sense of like normalcy and yeah. like family kind of like, yeah. or at least a team. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I should say like, I certainly have bosses now, but it's like a team. Like, right. it doesn't seem to me like I'm just like, like someone saying like, oh, we'll do this. Right. It's like, here's what needs to get done. Do it how you that's, want. So that's how we kind of do it where it's like, we have production lists, so like, if we're out of like certain syrups or whatever, like we have obviously written, but we kind of let people decide how their day goes, if that makes sense. So like they come into work, they see everything that needs to get done. And then we let them kind of assess how they want to do it. It's really smart. It's really cool. It makes people feel like a little bit less, like, I don't want to say the word micromanaged because I think that like, if you have a job where you're like, you have to do something, I don't necessarily think that's micromanaging. But like, I think that like, it makes people feel like they have more freedom within their job and independence within their jobs. And that they're also trusted within their jobs. Like they're trusted to do what they have to do. How did you like have the confidence to do that, to like create that as such a young person? I think that probably because I was a young person is why I did that. Cause maybe if I were older and I opened it, I'd be so used to Mm. how the people I worked for were and like how structured it was. So maybe that's why. But I feel like going into it so young, I was like, this is what we have to do. Yeah. So like, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, what are like, your favorite things to make? Like, what are the things that like make you feel like totally lit up or like, what are you excited about lately? So, I mean, obviously cakes is I always like, have I, or always I to everyone. Yes. Always. But to you, yeah. I, like I mentioned a couple of times, yeah. yeah. Um, like I love decorating cakes, but I think that like, it's so funny. Cause like, I'm like a big fan of like croissants and things like that. Right. But when we were in school, they were asking us, what's your favorite dessert? And everyone had all these like Neapoli- Neapolitan or like Napoleon or creme brulee, which I love creme brulee. Do not get me wrong. Love a pud. Yes. <laughs> but I remember being like chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. And they were like, what? And like everyone kind of laughed. And I was like, if a pastry chef can't make a good chocolate chip cookie, then chances are they can't make good yeah. other pastries. So like, I mean, I love making like, favorites that from when I was younger, right? Like I love making my grandma's, like I veganized my grandma's like Ghirardelli chocolate cake recipe or like even something as simple as like no bake cookies that everyone's heard of. I love no bake cookies. I love no bake cookies. They're full of sugar, but so good. So yummy. (laughs) They're so good. But like, I think that those are things that like bring me joy in a sense of not necessarily at my bakery because we don't, we don't sell them, but I love making those. Like I'll make like stuff for the staff. So like, so like I'll make like, like one day I'll be like, you guys want pancakes today? Like, and I'll make them from scratch or like, I'll be like, 
you know, like I'm going to make no bake cookies and then I'll be like, take some home or, you know what I mean? Like, That's darling. I like, we don't necessarily like sell no bake cookies in the bakery, yeah. but like, you might have them around, but like yeah. we eat them. You know, I like, love it. So. Do you get like excited about a color? Like, are you like, I'm just really into like matcha. Like you're like, do you, or do you get like, I mean, green is my favorite color. So anything green is great. Yeah. I think that flavor wise, everyone's loving matcha right now. Yeah. Um, but I think we actually got this cool tea. Yeah, I've seen it with like the I think I've seen it the on your blue page. One? Oh, no. Maybe it's like a so it's a blue tea and it's like from butterfly pea flowers. Yes. Yeah. And when you add acidity to it, it pink. turns pink. Um, I got so like, I'm there. Yeah. yeah. So we just got this new tea in. And <laughs> cool. so like, I love that. And then like, it's fun to like watch customers faces when we like, if they get it with lemonade. Yeah. When we pour the lemonade in it, it turns it like pink. I just sent my nieces a magic lemonade kit with butterfly feet, like butterfly tea and yeah. like crystal light because I wanted them to be able to kind of like do it themselves. It. Yeah. Um, but yeah, f- so fun. It is fun. It's, it's, uh, it's like a science experiment, you yeah. know, which I've there always loved science. So yeah. I think there that we that's go. Like, science is, it. It's funny. Cause like, maybe that's why I thought I would want to be a marine biologist, but I love science. Biology yeah. was a different story. Yeah. <laughs> like st- cell splitting and stuff. I was like, yeah. this is fine. But like, well, it's um, one thing to want to kind of hear about it. And that's another thing to like do it, you know? Right. Well, and I think that like, Going and going back to like the not being nervous about being like when I was younger for a science fair, I think it was third or fourth grade. If you won the, one of the top two, you got to go on the news, like the weather, because we cool. had to be about weather. Yeah. And I got to go and do it. And I remember my mom has it recorded and I'm wearing, it's like funny, these th- outfits that you used to wear thinking you looked so good and you look I at know. them and you're like, what was I Why wearing? Why was I doing that? Yeah, yeah. literally. Uh, but I got to do like demonstrate how warm fronts and cold fronts work and stuff like that. It's so funny because I did that for my employees the other day because they didn't believe me. Like if you take hot and cold water, dye it blue and red. If you put the red on top of the blue, the hot water on top of the cold, it will stay separate even when you pull out the index card. Wow. And like, they were like, no way. And I was like, let's do it. Let's do, Let's do it. a science experiment. I'll show it. you. Oh, I love that kind of thing. Like just full send. Like I yeah. love just like, ta- like, I, I was love like, we it. have a few extra, we have some time. Let's just do <laughs> yeah, it. Awesome. So yeah. Well, as we're like kind of closing up, is there anything else you want to just philosophize about, about like, about art, about being creative with people? Like, I mean, lately I'm really into like thinking about the ways in which art and creativity, like might be a path to like healing our world like I don't know like just right. do you have like do you have philosophies or like soapboxes that like you like talking about I would definitely say through this conversation I've kind of come to understand more get out of your comfort zone um yeah. don't like you know it's easier to be creative when you're not in your day-to-day routine if you're totally. you know um take you know classes that make you feel uncomfortable do things, you know, like I still to this day, like I'll start doing, trying to do different types of creativity. Like I tried, I mean, I enjoyed it and I felt, I feel like I'm decent at it. I like yeah. throwing, um, pots. like pots and things like that. Yeah. Like, you know, like just kind of exploring different facets and, um, also just, yeah, I'm like trying to think of like how I want to paraphrase what I'm trying to say. You don't even have to paraphrase. Me, just, you can just, just think, be, it, think it through out loud. Yeah. yeah. No, just, you know, be, uh, allow yourself to be uncomfortable. Allow yourself to take classes that make you feel uncomfortable, but like go in with confidence because yeah. I feel like your performance oftentimes is how you go into it. Right. So like if you go into something with confidence, even if you're not confident, I feel yeah. like it shows through. What does that mean to you? Like what is confidence like? What does it, what does it feel like in, in your body to like be confident? 
Well, I feel like a good thing I got from my mom is to like not care how I'm perceived by others, Um, which is like a hard thing to learn. It's a hard thing to learn. Um, But like my mom is like her whole family is like super goofy and like cool. They like the parents used to think it was super funny to embarrass the kids like me and my cousins. Um, Cute. Yes. Something like that. But I think that like going in is just like not worrying about how those around you are perceiving what you're doing while you're doing it. Just like knowing that like you're doing what you can. That's a lesson I feel like I'm just starting to learn. Like I'm just beginning to learn it. Cause, um, I kind of mentioned before, but like both of my parents are like narcissistic. They were like really abusive people. And I'm still like learning how to be a confident person. Like I still am like fighting those demons of like, right. Not enough, not lovable, you know, whatever. And I feel like I'm just starting to like learn this lesson. That's like, for me, it's almost like learning to trust my instincts or like to trust my gut and kind of trusting and like having sort of like faith in this idea that like it feels like the right decision it feels like the right path to me it's gonna turn out well and so if like other people can't see it or like you know people aren't supportive or people are you know kind of like who do you think you are you know any of those kinds of things that like scare me and kind of trigger me um I'm learning to just be like to have kind of this like to give myself like this patience that's like just wait and see Right. Well, and I think it's important, like you were talking about like therapy and stuff. I want to mention my mom is a huge narcissist. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, well, you know, like through therapy, I've like learned where like, um, if I want to have a relationship with her, I have to let that kind of stuff go, which is hard, yeah. especially when she still does stuff. I'll just mm-hmm. make sure she doesn't listen to this. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I won't tell her. I Me, mean, I'm like, I've been really good about like mentioning the positives of my yeah. childhood this whole time. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I think that like, you know, like maybe that is a facet of like kind of what drives you right when you're younger. Like mm-hmm. nothing was ever good enough for my mom. Like if you did something, it was always wrong. Girl, if I feel you, it. you know, like we, how you load the dishwasher was wrong, yes. how you made your bed was wrong, how you had your room organized. Everything is wrong. Nothing and nothing is ever their fault. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like not saying that, that my room being organized would be their fault. No, no, but like, I know exactly what you mean. Like one time my dad, my sister and I were sitting down and my mom's like on my way home. So we got up to like keep cleaning my dad's like, you know, girls, we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't. And I was like, those are true words. That's like really that's true. That's like how to describe my, luckily I had my dad because he was kind of like, and she was like very verbally and physically abusive too. And it's so like, sorry. I had my yeah. dad to kind of help with that aspect. And like me, maybe that's kind of why I started getting tattoos because yeah. I knew my mom hated it. Uh, well, it also makes me <laughs> think know, like, differently about those times of cooking with your dad. Like right. maybe that was like a safe yeah. My mom wasn't home yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you know, like my mom did I, through therapy, I've come to learn, like I, cause I was confused by like a lot of people remember a lot of stuff about their childhood mm. and I don't remember a ton. They say like narcissistic abuse will fuck up your memory. Yeah. Well, yeah. cause you like kind of like, it's like a protective measure. Right. Yeah. So like you asking me about like what specific things, like I'm like, mm. I, I have a hard time remembering like what, like when people are like, what are your interests and hobbies when you were little? I was like, what did I do? And it's like funny. Cause I was like, why does everyone remember their childhood so well? And I, I feel like I don't remember until I was like 15, you know, I like, like I kind of have the opposite thing. Like I remember everything. And I think for me, it's because I was trying to solve it. 
you know, right. like I was keeping, I was trying to keep such careful track of like, what makes her mad? What like, yes. Like trying to like n- not solve it, watch the yeah. triggers. Yep. Yeah. I was trying to like figure See, it out. And that kind of yeah. translated later in my life where I was doing that with partners where I like, like the partner I mentioned that I dated when we lived yeah. in Hawaii, we ended up getting married and he was very verbally and physically abusive. And, uh, Kind of like I would anticipate his like freakouts. Yeah. Like if he would spill, I'd be like, I got it, I got it. You know what I mean? Like I do, yeah. And yeah. like it's just uh, therapy is great. Well, <laughs> this is making me want to ask you, like, do you like do you feel like the awareness of like what it feels like to be a human in that kind of a situation, like that must affect your business, like that must affect how you treat your employees, that must affect like your philosophies around being like the authority. I think that it's definitely made me hyper aware to everyone's emotion changes. Yeah. Mostly because something I learned in therapy is like, as an adult, you are no longer required to anticipate people's emotions. If they're upset with you, it is, it's so hard there. If they're upset with you, it is their job to tell you that they're upset with you. It's not your job to be like, what's wrong? Are you okay? What's going on? Oh, it's so hard. Cause that's, it's super hard. It's hard not to pry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's super hard not to pry. And like, that's why I'm so grateful. Cause this partner that I have right now, luckily the one that I ended up getting pregnant with and not one of my last partners. Yeah, not one of the exes. Um, Like he's like, he was raised in like a different environment than I was. It breeds different types of people for sure. And like, he is just so understanding and so patient and so kind. And um, like, he he may even like understand, like he'll be like quiet and it's fine for people to be quiet. I'm like, are you okay? What's wrong? And he's like, so finally, like I told him, I was like, hey, like I it triggers me when people are like talkative and then like they stop and I'm like, I'm not saying you need to change, but like when you get quiet, if you notice I'm asking you constantly, like, Hey, are you upset? Just be like, Hey, I want you to know, like, I'm just like being quiet, but I'm not upset with you and you did not do anything wrong. I have the same conversations because, like, with my husband. Yeah, exactly. Well, cause like with my mom, like it would either be her freaking out at me, screaming at me, calling me names, or it would be or slapping me in the face yeah. or it would be her giving me the silent treatment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I had to like guess like what I did wrong. And then yeah. of course that like my therapist, cause I was like, what does it say about me that I keep dating people like this? And she was like, you would think that like you'd be striving to find someone who makes you feel good. She's like, but really like the parent you were never able to appease is what you try to look for in partners. Cause you're trying to solve it, solve it and appease someone. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny how, like that did translate into my relationships in my adult life and like how I did so happen to find people who made me feel small, made me feel, you know, like, I guess like my ex-husband, he was very controlling. I wasn't allowed to like drink or, which is fine. Well, I mean, no, it's not fine because you should have the freedom of choice. Like I wasn't allowed to drink. I wasn't allowed to wear certain things. I wasn't allowed to wear crop tops. I wasn't allowed to wear shorts. I wasn't allowed to like wear high heels. I, you know, like, very much so controlled. He'd like punch holes in the wall next to my head, things like that, like really crazy, really crazy. And like throw things at me. And it's like funny how it's not funny, but it's funny. Like hindsight, hindsight. It's like funny how that behavior felt so normalized and like chaotic. Right. And then like when you get into a healthy relationship, I remember telling my partner, I was like, I, I think I was chasing the chaos. Cause when we first started dating, I was like, I don't have those like, highs that I used to feel, yeah. but it's because I'm not getting the manic lows. Right, right, right. You know, like you're used to getting this like tidal wave of totally. emotion from your parents, from your partners. It's like, it's interesting how healing works. 
totally. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm still very much in the middle. Like my mom died five years ago and my, I went no contact with my dad three years ago. So it still feels like pretty fresh, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I think I know what you mean. It's like, well, and it makes me want to ask you this question again, like now that we've had this conversation, yeah. but like, like what that confidence feels like to you now. I like, think that, what does it mean? I think that like after I kind of started trying to be more aware I felt like I was a little broken for a while in the sense of like, I didn't feel connection with like really anyone. Like I kind of felt like I didn't feel, I felt numb, you know, mm-hmm. like especially after my ex-husband and I got divorced, I just felt, I mean, maybe that's why it kind of became a little untrusting for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the confidence came from like me seeing like, w- w- uh, taking the time to heal and then eventually being able to see how I'm perceived in other people's eyes that maybe don't know me or like have, you know, like my, like my best friends who have always like been like, Hey, like your ex, I'm not gonna say his name, but whatever your ex, like maybe he's not that nice to you. You know what I mean? Like things like that. And like, Mm -hmm. you kind of just, I think that I found my self confidence in like finding my voice in the sense of like, um, finally being able to stand up for myself and tell my ex-husband, I'm allowed to listen to the music I want to listen to. I'm allowed to put, yeah. post something on social media without your caption okaying. Like I, yeah. Oh my God. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so I think that like confidence through like also understanding my relationship with my mom. I think that like a lot of my life I grew up telling myself like, Oh yeah. Like I had this great childhood. I never I had, I never thing. had to need for anything. Yeah. Um, and then when I, I got like, my mom and my sister got into a fight one day and I think this is kind of what was like the catalyst of it. Yeah. And she was like, you are talking about like, cause my sister got mad at my niece and grounded her. My mom was like, you're being too harsh. Cause of course she's really care. She's a great grandma. It's always like that. Great grandma. Yeah. But, uh, and it was in our group chat and my sister like brought up how one time my mom and I were fighting when I was like seven and my mom like kicked me in the back really hard and I fell oh my God. and I don't remember that. Yeah. And I was old enough to remember it. And I was like, what else am I not remembering? Mm-hmm. And so like through going to therapy and stuff, I realized like, it's not normal for your mom to call you a bitch when you're two yeah. or like three or four. And yep. like, it's not normal for yeah. your mom to slap you across the face. And it's yeah. not normal for like, you know, like her to say, fuck you. Sorry. No, you can say Me. fuck you. <laughs> like it's you not say whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't know that that wasn't normal. Like when like you're a child I for your mom understand. to be saying these things to you. I didn't realize then, it until I got married. Like, and I watched my mother-in-law like interact with her kids. And then I was like, shit, like yeah, I think so something's different. really wrong in my so, family. Well, I can see how like my, how my partner feels about his mom. Yeah. Like it's so different. And like, I, I always say this. I don't like, I love my mom. I don't like my mom. And (laughs) oh, sometimes I think, I mean, maybe this is a projection, but sometimes I wish I didn't love my parents as much as I do. Right. It hurts. It hurts to like like love someone that doesn't really take care of you. It's true. And when you're born, it's just kind of, uh, you, you're, you're expected to love your parents. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think that like when I started going to therapy, I tried talking to my mom about it. And this is how like, I was like, oh yeah, you're a full blown narcissist. Yeah, yeah. Cause I brought up, I was like, I was with my sister and I was like, well, like, yeah. Like, cause I was talking about my uncle. Cause they were all very abused when they were growing up too. Very physically it's abused. It's like that. Yeah. It's and generational trauma. So I was like, it's kind of like, we were talking about the cycle of violence and like talking about my uncle who had passed away and how like I witnessed, cause like his kids were my age, one year older and then two weeks older than me. Wow. So we were at each other's houses and they were like, my mom and him were like best friends. So they would be going out. And doing things so I was always with my cousins. 
And I was like, I witnessed him doing some crazy stuff to his kids. And um, my mom, I was like, it's kind of like the cycle of violence, kind of like how you used to hit us. And my mom was like, I never hit you. I never did that, yeah. And my sister and I looked at each other and I was like, are you serious? Yeah. You know, like it's, it is really interesting. And I think that like maybe... And I don't think that everyone who is creative needs to be abused. <laughs> let, me no, make, no. let me make that break. Oh, totally. But I do feel like it kind of helped because then you have like a different outlet, right? Like you're kind of like trying yes. to get away from like. That's that. what it is for me, for sure. Right. Like my creativity was like my safe space. Like, right. And, and people ask me like, so maybe I'll ask you this because I'm trying to think like, yeah, like what's like, I'm, I feel like there's probably like a specific thread that we can like really connect on that might be cool, but I feel like, you know, a lot of times people will ask me, like, speaking of confidence, speaking of being like a young person who's just like, I'm going to go to Chicago, like creativity for me, I never get worried about what, like when I'm making something, I never get worried about what people are going to think about it. Like I'm just in my little world. I'm just like creating for myself. I get worried on the back end when it's time to like share it. But I feel like my creativity is like, this yeah it's like a safe little place like what is what is your what is like being an artist like mean to you as like a human who's like gone through things I think that you know you kind of asking me about dance and things like that I think that I enjoyed those things until they became my mom's like yeah you know uh my daughter's doing this and like this is my daughter's bakery that I helped paint that I you know like it's always about her Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I think Mm -hmm. that like what I strive for, like with my bakery and stuff, like I, I love that it is my own, like my, you know, like, and I, I don't like saying my mom's not involved because, you know, like she's around, like she doesn't come to the bakery often, but like, yeah. um, I think that like, but you get to say, but I get to say, yes, yeah. I get to say, but also making other people feel like their, you know, input matters and yeah. that like, you get to be the anti-mom. Right. Well, yeah. and then like, also, I think a big thing that I learned from that is like being accountable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like through Hell someone yeah. who doesn't know how to take accountability, like understanding that there is times where you do need to take accountability and like where you are in the wrong, we're, yeah. we're imperfect, you do know? Do you feel like the work that you do in the bakery, like with your employees, with your customers, even with yourself, do you feel like it teaches you like lessons about just like how to be a person, like how to be a good person? I definitely do. I think it also teaches me patience, especially on the customer end. Um, (laughs) um, You know, people are very specific. But um, like, I think that, you know, it's, it has taught me how to like, cause I, I do care how I make people feel like ultimately, like if I notice that I say something and someone like doesn't like that, I can tell their energy depletes afterwards. I don't want to make anyone feel that way. Cause that's how I grew up feeling my whole life. And even most of my adult life, like I only got divorced when I was 28 and I was with him for seven years and it was awful. And so like, I just like, it's very important for me to people to feel heard, to feel safe. And like, that's kind of like why I also like the environment we have where it's like one of my employees when we were hiring recently and I was like, what should I say? And she's like one of my newer ones. And she's like, one of my favorite things about working here is that like, you're free to be who you are. Like it's, you don't have to like be like, you know, gender conforming or you don't have to be you know, like you're, no tattoos. you're, you're allowed yeah. to like, we have some tattoo people like her, she herself, she has one tattoo, like, but then like, I have people who are like tattoo tattooed, you know, or like queer people or like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everyone is just like, it's a safe space to be who you are and yeah. to, you know, not feel. Do you feel like that? Like, um, 
begs for your creativity. Like when you say something to someone and their energy depletes, like certainly you didn't mean that, but like, do you feel like then at that moment you're like, okay, well this is a creative, like how can I find a way? Yeah. I think communication is like 80% of how you say it and only 20% of what you say. Yeah. So I think that there are times where like, especially like, like we were talking about coming from narcissist family or coming from, you know, abusive relationships, sometimes you kind of pick up on like how they communicate things. And like, Mm -hmm. that's not who I want to be. And so like, I do think it's like the accountability aspect being like, Oh, how would I convey this? Like, for example, say like an employee is like on their phone. So like I allow phone usage if it's not disruptive. Yeah. So I'm like, like, but say like they're on their phone and they're not getting anything done. Like rather than being like, Hey, you need to get off your phone and get work done. I try to just be like, Hey, would you mind getting on to like doing like, or would you mind starting the tarts or like mind starting, you know what I mean? Like, yeah finding better ways to make people feel like it's a choice rather than like, like you're inviting, you're being told what to do, you know, cause everyone like, or when I like try to talk to my employees about things, I'm trying to apply this to my day-to-day life. I don't know why I didn't before, but like, well, when people are like off being like, are you open to talking about it? Cause when you tell people like, are you open to discussing this? Like, Hey, I noticed that like, you've been seeming really bummed out lately. Like, are you open to having a conversation? I feel like that allows people to feel like they have a choice. And like 98% of the time, they usually open up after that rather than being like, Hey, what's going on? You know what I mean? I love that. I've been really into asking people lately, like what energy do I find you in today? Like, just what, what's going on? Like, just what kind of energy do we have? Like, I don't know. I, I do think like these are, they are little ingredients. They're like just little creative, um, strategies for like, people right which is like the ultimate medium it's true along those lines how are you thinking about being a mom um you know it's funny because you're like talk I was talking with my boyfriend about this recently um I've been reading a lot of books about healing my inner child because I want to make sure I'm ready dude send me your <laughs> titles because like be I'm right there parent. too like yeah I think that every kid who comes from like you know like an abusive household or like one of with narcissists like a narcissistic household your fear is doing that to your children unknowingly. Mm. Um, I never would want to cause like the hurt and the pain, especially like in my adult life that I've been having to go through, like recovering from it. Um, I think that like allowing my child to be who they are is something that I'm going to be and like letting, like obviously it's important to like, we were talking about like sports, like we want them to be involved. Right. And if they do a sport, they don't like it. We're going to have them finish out the season, but then letting them quit. Like my mom would not let me quit any, like, I wanted mm. to play soccer. Sure, you can play soccer, but you cannot miss dance. So then I sucked because I missed all the practices and mm. only could go to the games. Right. And like, or things like that, you know? So like allowing your kid to be who they are, but then Let also... Let them be creative. Yeah. Exactly. But then also like, rather like he brought up a good point where he's like, I don't think we should tell him like, for example, like when I'm cooking, we shouldn't tell him that he can't play, like touch the knives. We should show him how to use them. Yeah. Like things like that. Because like when you tell kids no that makes them just want to do it right. naturally. Right. That's so like, sounds very creative. You too. know what I mean? So yeah. he was like, maybe like you could just show them how to use it like safely, yeah. you know, like things like that. So like, rather than like, we're trying to like not have the no method, obviously like still be parents and like, yeah. but like teaching them like why we don't do things or how we handle things. Like yeah. rather than being like, don't touch it. It's hot. We show them how right. to safely touch it. Things I like think that. That's amazing. I was talking about this with my husband. We we're not planning to have kids, but it's such a thrill to watch people be good parents. It's right. amazing. It's my favorite thing. I love watching my creative friends like 
just be creative parents and just ask their children questions and treat their children like people. Yeah. It's awesome. You're supposed to talk to them like little adults. Yeah. Like explain like things they to are them. a person. Yeah. Rather than just saying no, radical. you explain things. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. I always ask everybody two questions to close out. The first question is on this day, what's your dream collaboration? Ooh, you can think outside of the box. You can, you know, collaboration can mean kind of whatever. You I was going to say, cause if you're talking about with a person, I would have to think on that one, but you know, I've been wanting to start doing like separate, like, uh, we have specific things at the bakery that sell super well. So I've been like kind of wanting to do as far as collaborations go. Um, I've been wanting to like kind of branch off and do like lines of things, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, um, and then whereas that would counteract with like doing collaborations with like, we have a local ice cream shop in yeah. town that I would love to do like, you know, like ice yeah. cream cookies and things like that. I would that. love to see you collaborate with a florist. That, you know, and I love working with like edible flowers into things. Yeah. So that is also another good avenue. Yeah. What have you had like a florist, like come sell flowers one day a week? That, you know <laughs> Listen, what? That is, that is smart. <laughs> no, that's honestly smart. Because you love flowers. You come into the bakery and you'll see like, because with wedding cakes, I get to take the extras, right? Yeah. And so I just like come back to the bakery and like hang them and dry them at the bakery. Yeah. So, I mean, that'd be a good idea. That sounds fun. Wow. You just gave me an idea. Oh my gosh. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And then tell everybody where to find your work. Um, So, we're located in downtown Salt Lake. It's 165 East, 900 South. Passion Flower. And it's called Passion Flower, like the flower you bake with. And we have a full cafe menu, third wave coffee bar, and pastries. Amazing. And the the handles are just Passion Flower? It's at Passion Flower SLC. Okay. And uh, we specialize in gluten-free. Wait, not everything's gluten-free. Let me make that clear. Yeah, everything's vegan, but not everything's gluten-free. Um, but we do have a lot of gluten-free options. And then cool. like a lot of breastfeeding mothers or babies <gasps> have allergies to dairy or things like that. You can still have croissants while you have Amazing. a dairy allergy. So it's also nice for not just vegans, but people who haven't been able to have something because of food allergens. We're very aware and very careful about cross-contamination. So Amazing. Yeah. Jess, thank you so much for coming to talk yeah. with me. It's Thank been you for a having joy me. getting to know you a little bit. Yeah, it's Thank been you. great being on here. Thank, Thank you for you having so me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.